Warning. The following episode of Orsini's Uncensored Mind contains explicit language and adult content. The thoughts and opinions stated on the show are reflective of AJ Orsini and his guests exclusively. But seriously, guys, the show's called Uncensored. If you got a problem with bad language, I really don't give a shit. This is the Price is Right winning CZW Hall of Famer, the overall MC, Larry Legend. And you're listening to Orsini's Uncensored Mind. Welcome to Orsini's Uncensored Mind, and now your host, AJ Orsini. <laughs> yeah, let it rock, man. Uh. How the hell is everybody out there? This is your boy, your main man, your Jive's old brother from exactly the same exact mother as the co-host who is not here today. I'm your host, AJ Orsini. And uh, the numbers are through the roof already. Y'all really did come out to say goodbye to your boy, didn't you? No, oh, I love every one of you. I love every single one of you. Unfortunately, here's the bad news first. Good news, bad news. Bad news. Uh, Brother Dave, Deceived Dave, could not be here today. As you guys have heard throughout the length of the show, he is a brand new papa. And he's got duties to take care of at home. Uh, I'm the dickhead who scheduled it for a Tuesday evening, uh, but that's because I wanted to keep the symmetry of it. The show started October 11th, 2017. It's been a five-year road literally to the day, and uh, I just wanted the symmetry of it. We couldn't make it happen, so Brother Dave could not be here today. More words for Dave later on at the end of the show. Let's perk the hell up, though, because we've got good news, great news, and even better news. I am not alone. No, sir. Round table is once again in effect. I got my boys with me. I went to the bullpen and called in some of the best relief pitchers in the history of Orsini's Uncensored Mind. Of course, let's get right into the introductions. I wish I had one of those Mr. Kennedy mics that just came down and I could just grab it, wing in, and then do the whole deal. But uh, I want to start off first and foremost. I'm going to go in chronological order because. Uh, the three individuals that are going to be on the show today played a very, very heavy role in the, in not only the conception of this show five years ago, uh, but throughout the lengths. Actually, some of them were in the photos in that beginning video there. 
Uh, so I'm going to go with the the guy who literally helped me get off the ground, the guy who literally helped me with equipment questions and graphic card questions and just was an overall great guy. Uh, I usually fillet him even more, but I could be here all day with his accolades. He's one of the best podcasters I've ever heard in my entire life. He's one of the best commentators as far as pro wrestling goes that I've heard besides myself. And uh, is what a, it's such a great dude and is, is so talented in this industry. He now works directly with the Stephen Colbert Show. This guy is tops uh, on my list, one of my go-to guys. And, of course, when I decided to end the show, he was one of the first ones I called and one of the first ones to say, hell yeah, dude, let's do it. Of course, as I always refer to him, the man behind the curtain, the wizard to my eyes, of course, Stephen James is back on the program. Hey, I'm hey. <laughs> I know you're busy. Sorry to get you off schedule here. You got a lot going on. I Never pre- could be too busy <laughs> to celebrate family. <laughs> I appreciate you, bro. And we got more family coming up here because taking the seat right next to you, my friend, is an individual who also has been there from the very, very beginning, also helped equipment-wise, also helped with all kinds of platform questions. The camera that I've been using, not only for this show, but for my wrestling career, came from the man himself. I call him Mr. Shoe Salesman, but he's he's far more important to the world of Orsini than just giving me shoes, although he has also given me shoes uh, for my son. Uh, but this guy is all around just one of the best dudes I've ever met in my entire life. I consider him one of my best friends. He's back on the show. The founder of 2BC, that's the number 2B-E-S-E-E-N-E.com, Mr. Woo! Joe. It's Joe. me, it's me. Joe it's Joey D. Bad stuff. I fucking love it. <laughs> Murder I is bad. Murder is bad. <laughs> I still haven't made that shirt. I don't understand. I know, why. I know. I, I got my other pocket. on the I table know. right now. By I know, table. I know. Murder is bad. Uh, the jury's still out on that. <laughs> <laughs> there are some people in the, in the society that disagree. You are correct. Yeah. That's true. Uh, I mean, I just finished Dahmer, so it makes sense. Oh, gee. Yeah, that guy really supported murder in a big way. Good guy. Big fun guy. He likes the Facebook page, gets the newsletter, everything. He follows (laughs) it. Um, Our closer here, the fourth guy of this panel, has been a friend of mine before a podcast even existed. Uh, From the very early beginnings of my wrestling career, he was a mutual friend and became a really good friend. And uh, one of the most outspoken individuals... In the history of this podcast, I would say. Yeah. He's had had many hot takes (laughs) throughout the years. And I figured, uh, as a matter of fact, the minute that I promoted I was going to end the show, he messaged me and he said, I got to be on this. And I'm like, (laughs) we absolutely do have to be on this. So he is here today. The myth, the man, the legend himself, Mr. Matty Ming. He's back in the house. (laughs) (laughs) Fueling. He's fueling for the remainder of the show. Yes, I was... It's legal now, so I can do that. And this is the last show, so I'm going to say whatever I want. Oh, wait, you weren't before? No, I was only back because sponsors and stuff. Like, now I don't care. Yeah, (laughs) now all bets are off. All bets are off. And and I've got quite the topics for you to be discussing here, Maddie Ming, later on today, uh, later on with this show. Uh, I want to start off. First of all, I already thanked you guys off air, so I'm probably going to murder you for the next hour or so, thanking you guys again. For being a part of this show, I said, uh, one, yeah, here you go. <laughs> for late to me, yes, bring on the goodness. No, I, I, 
I didn't for years. I was always told, "Hey, you should probably give this podcasting a try," and I never thought I would get into it. And damn sure didn't think I'd be going this long. Uh, Steven, I think I was with you in the studio for episode 100, and I think I was stunned that day that I got to episode 100. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You were definitely. I was like, oh my god! Definitely, like, how did I survive <laughs> the first 100? And yeah. not cancel. And not get yeah, not get. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't think I have a big enough following to be canceled yet. That's when I know I'm successful when they call for my head. Oh, <laughs> trust me, they were just you know. Uh, yeah. It was quite right. Yeah, quite right. There you go. So we we do have um a show planned here. We're going to no. be doing some discussion here. There's some pro wrestling on the docket. I I kept it pretty much pro wrestling because that's you know that's let's face it that's the basis of this program it's what people Wanting who did to. tune in tuned in to hear so that's what we're going to be doing a lot of i did save uh some <laughs> some really finale stuff for the end we'll get into that later but uh let's start off with one of the topics that i know maddie's gonna love so much <laughs> just just absolutely i probably should have waited until he was done with that blunt <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if we were going to smoke, otherwise it wasn't with the top of the card here. I didn't think we were going to curtain jerk with this topic. <laughs> here we go here. Wednesday night fights. We got to talk about it. We got to talk about it. We, we do. We do. And I do have a slightly different take that I've been having on the show when it comes to Wednesday night fights. Of course, I'm making a joke about our current situation or situations, plural, Oh. Happening with the with the AEW locker room, there's obviously there's more drama, more mystery, more intrigue coming out of the locker room than there is on actual TNT Network on a <coughs> weekly they, basis. If they were smart, they would make a story out of it. Well, you know, we were making that joke the other day, and you guys would actually appreciate this point. A lot of old school promoters would take if you had two people in the locker room back in the day who never worked the program they never had a match there was no connection whatsoever and all of a sudden in the locker room there's a real beef the promoter would book that match immediately book that immediately that immediately because now it's real emotion it's real it's it, they're working but it's coming from a real place so it comes off as real as humanly possible now we live in an era where two people who get into a beef you can't put them together because it's too much blah, blah, blah. but is i guess the major question of what we're going to be talking about here tonight is is this are we making this more? Are we making this out to be more than it actually is? Every locker room has situations like this. It's just not nearly as publicized. I think it was the timing of it when it like went down, like how it went down. It was right after a pay per view, right after like big matches, Punk winning the title. So it was just the timing of it when it went all. But we've had situations since Sammy and Kingston getting into a situation. Well, now Sammy and uh, Andrade getting into a situation. The thing that elevated the first situation, though, is the fact that these are EVPs, executive vice presidents. That's what elevated it at first, because you're not seeing any EVPs, one, as being one of the boys or some of the boys. And then you have corporate responsibilities. I don't know what their corporate responsibility is, but that name does carry some sort of corporate responsibility. And when you act out like that, you're showing that you have no control over your company or people involved in it. Now, if this was just a fight amongst the boys, the boys handle it. But once you add that layer of these are supposed to be people who are uh, adjoined to the corporation, or to this private company, rather, that makes it an issue for me. Mm. Mm. True. Joe, uh, to 
jump on what Steve just said about the EVPs being involved in that initial situation. We've had situations now snowballing from that avalanche. I'll consider the all-out fallout, the avalanche that really started the whole thing going. But we've had some fallout since then. Some fallout from the fallout. Because mm. now, now social media is playing a big role. Now we're Twitter beefing for real. Not yeah. even a work. They're actually shooting on each other for the world to see. If you are the owner of a company, the owner, the CEO, what was all the titles Tony had on TV the other day? Owner, CEO, general manager. He was yeah. he, he does everything. He scrubs the toilets. He does everything. He, he does everything with AEW. If you're in this position, <laughs> and we're starting from the EVPs now down, how on earth do you do you grab the reins on this and, and try to restore some sort of order? So, you know how Tony Khan just kept bringing people in? Well, it's not, it's now time to let Tony Khan let people go. Yeah. And that's and that, one of the things he refuses to do. That's he needs to, he needs to, he needs to do that. He's always been you know, doing I, this whole anti Vince. I don't want to be Vince McMahon. I'm an anti Vince McMahon guy. I'm going to let contracts run out and I'm going to try to use them to the best of my ability. He refuses to let him know. You know why? Yeah. Like that? He keeps everybody because he's everybody's friend. He's backstage. Uh, he, he hangs out with everybody. He like goes out to the bars with everybody. He's he's a people's he's a people's boss. So he's he's a people's champ. <laughs> <laughs> like he's everybody's friend. So it's like he's firing his friend. So he's like emotionally yeah. invested. Well, he doesn't look at it as a business. He looks at it as like these are his friends. So it's hard for him to let people go, even though there's a lot of people he should let go. It's like <laughs> yeah. there yeah. there is a way to send a message immediately without necessarily letting anybody go. Cut their fucking pay. Well, no, not even that. Hurt him, not well, yes, but hurt him in a different way. Uh-huh. You're no longer EVPs in my Emotion. company. Yeah, there, there period. You, you are no longer that. An executive vice president of any company. Let's leave wrestling to the side for a second. Sure. EVP of any company. He swings at any point in time. He's sure. done. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> He's Next done. thing you know, five O's in the house going, oh. And it and it doesn't even matter is if dead, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it do, it doesn't even matter who swang first to whatever. Yeah. It matters that an executive vice president has now got into a physical altercation with their subordinate. The only thing that saves them is because they are a private company and not a public company, they don't have to disclose any information about this. Right. They don't. They've been doing a really good job, actually, of hiding exactly what did go down. There were a few leaks, obviously, from people sure. over there. But you're hearing five, six different stories. This person did that. This person is this. I stand by my comment. I posted it, but now that I'm live, I get to say it. Hey, hey. If I look into a camera and I say, come see me if you have a problem, I'm a com- come see me, <laughs> we got a problem. Yeah. We must have a problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not going to sit there by myself and let four dudes swing on me and not that's not going to happen. This sure. is not going to happen. Honestly, you could say some of the stuff that's happening is kind of strategic. Like, I think Andrade is just trying to pick a fight to get out of the company. Tom Brady, what? That's No. <laughs> you no, stopped Brady it. Andrade wants to go back with Charlotte, man. He's like, I'm out. Tom Brady's already worked his way out of his situation. That's yeah, he sure did. Look at Puck. This, he's, this guy he's, left Giselle Bunchin for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I she made that. more than him. Look, look at, look at yeah. Puck. He's injury prone. Now he gets to sit home, make money, not have to do nothing, and just collect. He's smart. Smartest man in the industry. He is. No, because uh, I would think that something like this, if this is the last thing people remember about CM Punk, it definitely takes everything that people 
thought of him and viewed him, he's no longer the martyr anymore. He's thrived and his fan base have thrived off the fact that he was a martyr. He was a guy who spoke up for them. And he goes out in a childish way. It's, uh, I don't know. There's obviously more to the story. I, I challenge the childish way, though. Because the part, the part of the story that we don't know is, is Punk kind of got into it a, a little bit when he went off on his rant about when he, when he made the comment about, you know, we're way past apologies at that point. At this point, because yeah. I've I've taken the time to give people the opportunity to fix this, and all it keeps doing is bubbling up. And that's when he said, "I'm that's why I'm pissed. I have to sit here and do this," which is code for. This fucking guy next to me is the owner of this company, and he's just been letting this shit snowball and snowball and snowball. Adam Page started this mess. He's the number one contender to the world title. Three EVPs walked into his locker room, and they got suspended, not terminated, not stripped of title, not stripped of privilege, just sent home. How are you supposed to react when you're the target of all these consistent bullets and like I said, the last thing out of your mouth is if you have a problem, come see me, and they come see me. <laughs> so if if it's if it's weeks and weeks and weeks of this guy is going off script, he's doing his own thing. Oh, I'll talk to him. These guys are going on the internet and telling everybody that I got Cole Cabana fire, which is not true. You know that. I'll take care of it. And it just goes and goes and goes. And now he wins the world title for a second time. He's got the belt. He's got the bloody face. He's got the platform. Fuck this. If you still, want to still, that childish, I'll, I'll co-sign that. I just want it clear that there yeah, sure. I, I think before he sunk to that level, which he took credit for, he said it sucked that I had to go on TV and sink to his level, which you can now you can hold. I think up. that's what the problem is for me yeah. is that after all the high ground he's talked about for so many years, and the people who have said he's so above this and so above taking being brought about down to that level makes him no longer a martyr it makes him just as human as the rest of us and as far as his legacy the way people view him it's going to kind of tarnish that it's unfortunate that that happened and i can't say that i'm above something like that happening myself but (laughs) you know what i'm saying i think i would like to go all right you're not going to do this i have the title now i'm gonna just sit home try me yeah you already paid me well, that's another question now. Nine point six million is the number we're hearing over the course of a number of years. Wow! Does, does he eat that, or does he just does you slowly pay that out over time, or should he just lump sum it because this guy's not coming back? No, <laughs> he's he's not coming back, and, and you know what? He's got all the chips. He's he's the one who got the million dollar gate. Sure. So it's like you know you can sit there and you can say, well, it's pumped. I wonder. I wonder if Tony oh. Khan's thinking to himself right now, is murder bad? <laughs> I could get out of this money real quick. How bad is it? Is it? Yeah. I think oh, Sam's calling out your bullshit. By the way, Maddie. You don't think Maddie is not single. Whoa. Maddie is not single. Sammy says, "Damn." <laughs> Trying Uh-oh. to come at the Croc King. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think Punk will wrestle again, though. With AEW. Uh, I don't think with AEW, but I can see him going back to the E. I hope he doesn't. No, he won't go back to the E. If he goes back, I hope it's either for one match or a Hall of Fame and then move on. Obviously, pro wrestling Ain't his thing. is not good for this person 
He was happy somewhere else. You know, he's just living his life, writing comic books, doing that. He came back because he thought he had some unfinished business. And this, whether it's his personality, whether it's the way that he does business, like him, how he, how he puts it, how he internalizes it, how the emotion of it, it might not be healthy for this guy to be around the business anymore. So many nice words in the comments. I've been putting them up. I don't want to cut you guys off, but I do want to like display just a few of them just with the thank you. Thank you guys in the comments. Matt, Matthew Carabello. Yes, he's Matt Awesome. He's been on here a few times. Thank you for being on the show. Narissa has been one of the biggest live fans since I started going live, since the pandemic. She's been following me for years here. So thank you to Narissa. We have a question here. I'm still trying to figure out how the elite and punk got in an altercation, but a bunch of other people got suspended. Why did Christopher Daniels, Nakazawa, and Cutler get suspended too? From what I understand, they were a part of the brawl. Yeah, I don't know if they were throwing any punches, but I, it's, with the people involved, I'm thinking they were more or less pull apart, breaking, pulling apart. But look at the people we're talking about: Daniels, Nakazawa, Cutler, all young buck guys. So while they were in there, I'm sure breaking it up, they clearly have a side. Yeah. <laughs> and they probably voiced that in the heat of the moment. And they were all plus a lot of these guys. I'm not even sure. I, I, I don't know them personally, but I'm pretty sure they're not all punk guys either. If it was I'm young enough versus anybody else, they might have played it down the line. But because it's punk, who knows? I'm pretty sure there's a video out there. Oh, come on. Oh, somebody had their phone out. Yeah, there's you know it'll it. be like a dark you know side. World star. <laughs> uh, Danielle here. Punk will not go back to the E. He almost died there. Danielle, he almost died in AEW. Yeah. yeah. Also, money, <laughs> money, as somebody who was in the United States Army, money will make a dude do a lot of dangerous shit. Yeah. So, Punk, Punk, hate him or love him. Punk is money, and he's a draw. That's what, I think that's why people really hate him because you want to hate him so much, but he's money and he's a draw. So he's going to come back somewhere. Yeah. If he gets that money, that, you know, why? Why do it? Ego? What else is he going to do? Go back to the UFC, get fucked up again? Just chill at home with his beautiful wife and dog and his millions. <laughs> oh, he's bored. He's bored. Nine millions. He's bored. Yeah, he's bored. He's bored. He's bored. He's bored. Why else do you go to AW? Of course he's bored. Right average movies. Come on. Oh no. That, that and the right average. <laughs> you know, you know who the, you know who Punk really wishes he was? He wishes he was the Miz. Oh. Here's the, oh, this guy this just is uh, just brought up a very good point. Hunter is head of creative. I can't see Punk going there now. Actually, believe it or not, I wouldn't put it past Triple H. Sure. For the only reason because exactly that point, no one would see it coming. Mm. No one. Triple H right now was on a crusade to do it better than the old man ever did it. And right now, right now he's doing okay. He's, he's working with what he's got. But, I mean, this is a guy who always thinks long-term. To have that card in the pocket where it's like, because remember, see, if CM Punk never returned to AEW, Punk would have Hunter by the balls. This, this, is, this is the money I want, and I'm not coming back for anything less, blah, blah, blah. Punk's, to Steven's point, Punk stock is not going up anymore. Yep. It's actually depreciating. Triple H now holds the ball. He doesn't have to do shit. I don't yeah. think he doesn't have to do anything with Punk. He doesn't need Punk at all at this point. That pop that Punk got in Chicago with AEW, that was the pop that Triple H would have paid for. He wouldn't get it now. Because no, you're getting half of that pop at best. Yeah. He'll get a huge pop. He shows up somewhere in two years, he'll get a huge pop. 
I don't know. Yeah, but it's not the same pop. It's not the same. It's not seven years. We never thought we were going to see him again. It's never going to happen. Oh, shit, it happened. He's low for two years. Nobody hears a peep from him, and he pops up somewhere. Come on. He'll get a hope it's the same weight. It's not the same pop. No, it's not. Because they're not not screaming his his name every time they go to Chicago at this point. up at the right moment, maybe to attack Omega or something like that. Come on, man. He'll get a mega pop. Come see me. The majority of people who are watching WWE now don't, don't even know, know who CM Punk <laughs> is. That's a great point. Uh, who? That's yeah. true. That's who? true. How many of these returns now happen in WWE and almost people are like what? They're like, huh? Who's Kevin Nash? What? Yeah. I saw people Everybody knows their hands in Pittsburgh when Kurt came out. Yeah. That's Kurt in Pittsburgh. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, oh, okay. I disagree. Oh, another great point, Hood. Do the injuries play a role? Now that he got injured twice back to back, he's going to have to prove he can stay healthy. Well, that you know what? Don't That's give on the back. table. That's on the table. First things first, take him off of, of a full time schedule. Put take him out of the ring. Put him in commentary. I mean, he's <laughs> yeah. d- done well. You extend his. I don't know. Impact. Want to stay there though? He might not have a choice at this at this point. Is what I'm saying. Give him a Goldberg schedule. Have like four matches a year. You can do that. Oh, Brock Lesnar, CM Punk. (laughs) You can get three more years out of them. Yeah, but see, Brock Brock Lesnar isn't just wrestling famous. With fucking fucking children, that's why. Look at Edge. Look at Edge. Edge is a perfect gift. A broken neck. And he's wrestling like full time now. Having crazy. Almost. Yeah. He's wrestling more matches than I thought he ever would coming back from that neck injury. Exactly. If he can do it, why not? What the hell is happening? The hell's going? Damn, the streets is the the block is hot. What's going on? I I told them my neighbor murder was bad. He didn't listen to me. So. <laughs> <laughs> you got to put an epilepsy warning on this episode now. <laughs> oh man, they robbing the place. Is that what's going on over there? No, no, no. I got one of those those fun lights, so I'm not like You're, you know. We're gonna move to the next topic, but before we do, really quick, I just want to get back to Sammy for just one second. Sammy Club Dove. because of the social media aspect. When the all out thing happened, there was some social media interaction, but not from Punk, not from the Bucks, not from Omega, not from Tony Khan. People who were eavesdropping. It was all third party stuff. It's the dirt sheets. It's everybody spreading shit around. Sammy's situation with Kingston and Andrade, which are two completely different situations, all exasperated by tweets. So let me ask the question now this. When everyone starts ripping on the WWE for their micromanaging of social media, for their third-party stuff, are we starting to get an idea of why we're doing this shit? Because Absolutely. if you give if you give people freedom, they tend to burn shit down. You know what I think it is, really? I think there's no like sheriff backstage. Like no. there's nobody like holding the glue, like, you know, telling people to cut shit out or squashing like stupid beefs. Like I feel like there was like somebody like say like an Undertaker back in the day. <laughs> Walking around AEW, there wouldn't be all this bullshit. There's like, there's so it's like a lawlessness. Like everybody does whatever they want. You know who's the one guy I heard who was doing it? Punk, and that's that's definitely dead and gone now. So well, when you're at odds with someone who has no real power, with the exception of like when you had guys in in locker rooms who were like the Undertaker, say for example, he had that respect already in that company. One. Two, he was a physical presence. Three, he was going out and doing everything he asked everybody else to do. He was living that lifestyle. 
punk for a lot of people, I'm sure there's a lot of resentment for being gone for so long, coming back, drawing the gate. They're grateful for it. But there are also guys here like I built this company. I started this mm-hmm. company. I'm the EVP. So when you have camps that are split like that, any locker room, if there's a separation like that and one group has the power, we've seen it a million times. It doesn't matter how loud you are. It's you know, not going to make a difference. You know what all this uncovers? This uncovers why Cody really left. Maybe I feel like maybe Perhaps. in modern wrestling. I I feel like Cody maybe had a hint of this. Maybe Cody maybe wasn't as vocal as Punk with all the shenanigans going and backstage and stuff like that. And that's why he really left. I think he really left because he wanted to be the first. And now no one can take that from him. He was the first to make the jump. That's that true. heat is all his. That's true. I don't know about being just first, but I, I really do believe that there's a, as much as he wanted to be a top guy there, and I'm sure that he did. Let's be fair. He wanted to be a top guy in WWE. He just mm-hmm. didn't have the power to do it. He had the power here to do it. But even that started to wane a little bit because as you, as the program, as Dynamite started gearing more and more and getting a little older, you started to see less and less of those EVPs communicating. You started to see less and less of them interacting with each other. Things like the elite started getting really fuzzy after a while and you can't help but look at what's been going on with all this stuff backstage and go mm, there was there was a lot more to, i'm sure he has an nda in, in place there was a lot more going on that way i'm sure he saw that avalanche coming and took the spongebob meme for real it was like all right i'm out and just look at <laughs> this looking a little wcw 2000 <laughs> yeah me... i'm sure he went to the locker room one day and he was talking to the boys and he heard something and he just went you know what and just pulled out his phone yo hunter we gotta talk <laughs> i can't do this shit no more and i can make an argument that cody rhodes was far more attractive than cm punk would be right now Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I can begin as an as an executive. They didn't take a talent from AEW. They took what many considered to be the backbone of that company. And they also took somebody who, like the Bucks, and this is why, if I was WWE and they had the opportunity to take any of those people involved, I'd probably take the Bucks over the field. Is he understood? merchandising he understood building a brand he has relationships with networks you know what i mean like kenny omega you're real good in the ring bud happy for you yeah. that doesn't do i got nine other guys who can do that yeah <laughs> yeah you know and the proof is in the pudding man if you look back at that wrestlemania moment that wrestlemania debut for cody rhodes him coming to wwe was awesome him debuting at wrestlemania was awesome I will stay true till the end. That what really made that return was the brand. Yeah. When that skull showed up, when that theme played, when those when those uh, 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 was American Nightmare just all over the screens and the announcer, the American Nightmare, and everyone went fucking bonkers. It was the brand. He did it. He perfected it, and it worked out perfect. Vince McMahon bought Cody. There was a single change in the whole thing. He was still a cringy-ass baby face, but in that audience, it worked. It did? It didn't work with the AEW audience, what he was trying to do. That whole sappy, I'm go-hung, white but white meat baby face bullshit with the tears. Oh, my daddy was going to be champion. That shit worked on Raw. It didn't work on Dynamite, so it fit. Punk coming over, not the same thing. I don't, I don't think it resonates the same way. Not like it would have. 
Yeah. If Punk had never returned in the first place, if we're how long has he been with AEW now on his second year? If this is a nine-year drought, mm. we haven't seen him in forever, and we and we bring him, especially now, with the lack of star power in WWE the way that it is, you drop a bomb like that against a Reigns, against like someone like that, and just boom, you throw CM Punk in there. That would have been huge. The first day Vince is gone. He yeah. would open the show as a surprise. <laughs> yeah. The first day I to signal the- across the board, yeah. here is the change. Yeah. That and you can go from there. Phenomenal. That yeah. that, what's, that, what's sad is I feel like AEW had a chance, had the upper hand maybe a little bit. And now, <laughs> what? They did. For I mean, what? Not, before before a Triple H took over, WWE. He knocked out NXT, right? What? What did you say? Didn't they knock out NXT uh, ratings well, wise or something? Like yeah, that? they did. They, yeah. I mean, WWE before Triple H took over was really bad, like really bad. And AEW was oh, kind right, of sis. upswing. Ugh, come on, <laughs> come on. The disgust <laughs> on Jesus' face is it's like oh, the, the Disney and fucking like <laughs> the the Wendy's home videos you used to get with the Ninja Turtles. Wait, come on. Hold on a second, those were fire, sir. Hold on. <laughs> they were, but they're no, not making no reach. The Pizza Hut commercial, yeah. On this show, how dare you slander? Those tapes were awesome. Every single one of them. By the way, I'm getting as many of those Halloween buckets as I possibly can. Let's go. For everybody (laughs) out there, don't buy any because I need the whole set. My wife's already charting different McDonald's that we can go to to get as many different buckets as we can. Is this the McDonald's new scam compared to the Monopoly game? Is that what's going on? Is that what we're hearing? I'm sure it's a hell of a cash grab. Yeah. <laughs> All they needed to grab my cash was telling me they chicken nuggets came in twenty packs. Now that's it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, remember that short period where we had the fifties and everybody. My heart's oh my still God. recovering. <laughs> I still got it. I got an extra yeah, chin yeah. from that shit, man. Thanks a lot. <laughs> you can see it right here. Jay Fred Zero. Good evening, gentlemen. Congrats, AJ, on such an amazing one. Wishing you the very best in all of your following uh, ventures. Thank you, sir, very, very much. Matt, you know this guy very, very well. Who? Yeah, that was uh, Zero. Oh, yeah. He doesn't know shit about seasoning. <laughs> oh. Damn. <laughs> Calling him out. Oh, Dave. He doesn't on know this. this. He doesn't know anything about seasoning. He's, he's just like a Caucasian for the Caucasus. Yo, oh, wow. Yo, you want to dance? I'll throw down. Uh-oh. <laughs> you got to have a cook-off? You got a little soul in you, so it doesn't... I mean, you're not wrong. That's true. He did. He did. I, I hurt my did. titty smacking it like that. <laughs> Don't take any... You, luckily for you, Anoki has passed. No chops for oh, you. Right. I wore that New Japan shirt the day he died, too. It Damn. Day. Uh. We're getting off of the Wednesday night fights now. We've uh, we've said all that. Really, let's be honest. We've said all that there is to say about this. We're moving on to our next topic here, uh, and I'm going to tell you something. This is going to be, I think, a little bit more positive of the conversation because I actually enjoyed this pay per view a little bit Ooh. from time to time. Mm. Uh, they did not bat a thousand, but <laughs> but it's they okay. did good. They did good. They done did good. Okay, like listen, you know what they say, right? Thousand is is perfect every time you're up in baseball. You got Hall of Famers in there for batting three hundred. Three hundred is considered great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think they batted about three or four right here with this one because uh, there was a few matches in here I was completely digging it, and then some. There's one match in particular about halfway through I just turned it off and left. 
I don't I don't know how it ended. <laughs> the fact it might still be going on. All the women's matches suck. It was terrible. Which one? I'm sorry. All the women's matches were terrible. <laughs> we're going to get there. <laughs> so, of course, as you see on the screen, we're talking about WWE Extreme Rules. Of course, what would the last episode of Orsini's Uncensored Mind be without a quick review of something that just recently took place. Of course, this took place this past Saturday. Let's start there for a second. I am almost 40 years old. I've been watching WWE pay-per-views since the mid-90s, and i got to tell you, I'm starting to adjust to this Saturday. I like it's the pretty Saturday. good. Yeah. <laughs> I like the fact that I can drink my ass off and I'm still home tomorrow. <laughs> I'm digging it. I'm okay. And I know they made the announcement this event took place in Philadelphia. Yep. This coming yeah, as a New Yorker. Uh, <laughs> the WrestleMania 39, the, the next WrestleMania to come, will be in Los Angeles and California. But 40 will be in Philly, and I'm going. Let's ride. <laughs> I was thinking the I'm same thing. Yeah. Let's ride. My sisters and my brother literally live 20 minutes from Philly, so I'm not buying a hotel or nothing. I'm going, and I'm taking my family. This is the first time I, I'm already saving money for a whole year from now because I'm taking the whole family. This is the, maybe gonna be, the only chance I get to take the whole family to WrestleMania. What's going to be the stadium? I'm sorry? Is it going to be the Eagle Stadium? Yeah. Lincoln Field or whatever? Yeah. I'm going to take a shit right in the stadium. I was just going to say, oh, I finally have my wow. chance to desecrate. Yeah. Especially it. with all the chess meeting they've been doing this season, God damn it. I can't wait to get in their building and just fuck shit up. Like, just like those fucking Philly guys fucked our building up. I was there twice. I've been in MetLife twice for WrestleMania, and I know for a fact Philly guys are being dicks. I refuse I to go. wait for my turn. It's their natural <laughs> habitat. I refuse to go there. Never. I was on the floor for WrestleMania when it was in Tampa Bay, and I felt the good. I felt the greatness because I was on the floor. So I was like, oh, this is where Brady plays. <laughs> it was greatness. I felt it radiating off of the field, and it was goat shit. Good goat shit. Brady's not that great. He doesn't have sex. Don't even start. <laughs> he doesn't. He did. He only. Well, she's really considered hard. a nightshade food. Oh, <laughs> wow! Now I this. <laughs> Goes against TB12. <laughs> That's I'm why out. he has so much energy for his games because he's not busting loads. He's saving yeah, it now. Well, he's saving it. But, Gotta get that celery. Tom Brady has found the one Brazilian that won't drain his shit on a consistent basis. <laughs> there you go. Mm, mm, mm. Our opening match, the Brawling Brutes versus Imperium, a good old-fashioned Donnybrook. And boys, they hooked me early. <laughs> I have to admit, this was really, really good. I like this fucking match a lot. This was a ton like, of fun. I like Gunther and Sheamus. These two have fucking chemistry. I fucking love it. Just beat the snot out of him. This is old school. Listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna get my shit, and then you get your shit. If you just give each other shit for like 15 minutes, it's gonna be fine. They had a whole array of weapons outside the ring, and I don't even know if they used any of them. <laughs> I know they took pictures of them, and there was video of it, but I don't recall too many objects. I don't recall too many. It was a fight, which is a Donnybrook. That's what a Donnybrook is. And I was actually really appreciative for a pay-per-view that I'm sure. This is the opening match, and I'm telling myself we have an extreme rules match, we have a ladder match, we got a fight pit, we got all kinds of stuff. It's gonna get crazy, so I hope they don't do too much in the first match, and they didn't. They beat the shit out of each other, <laughs> all six of them. But Joe, what did you think of this opening matchup, man? Brawling Brutes and Imperium. Um, I mean, you can't really add anything that hasn't already been said. It was a great 
you know, throwdown. It was almost a street fight. Um, sands, tables, chairs, and ladders. But uh, <laughs> banger after banger. That's banger after, after banger. banger. That's what they doing. Yeah. Um, I, I got to say, Gunther has been in a phenomenal shape. Uh, yeah. Like, you know, I think he's chasing Sheamus on the peck uh, game right now because, you know, when they were throwing down, I was like, oh, he's he's stepping it up, stepping it up. And I, I was there for it. It was a great match. Is it crazy to think that he got stronger after he lost the weight? Because yeah. I'm still, hearing, yeah. I'm I'm still hearing the chops like we did before, just not as much density behind it. Right. Know? He's fucking – he did a um, – and there was a spot in that match that he machine gunned the fucking chops on Sheamus on the outside. I was like, man, Sheamus is a Sheamus is the man. So now I don't know if I want to. Do, I held my chest when that shit happened. Look, I just did it to myself. It's nothing. <laughs> oh yeah, I like this one. This was good. Hold on, uh, let me click the button here. Come on, Fat Walter greater than Gunther. Yeah, I'm trying to click it. It won't show all of a sudden. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I like this new version of him. I like uh, an athletic Gunther is a scared. Is what all he saw that weight? How did he do that? <laughs> all those vape pens. Your plan. He probably keto yeah. the out of that. Keto uh, work. That's, bro, that's something else. <laughs> this match was great because they the used the real diet. Yeah. <laughs> he's, on, he's on that Tropicana diet, baby. Mm. The old booger straight, sugar. Straight juice. What were you going to say, Steve? <laughs> the old booger sugar. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the fastest way to lose weight. And it's got several guaranteed consequences. But if you <laughs> great doing it. That's the fastest way. Steve, you were going to make a point on this match? Oh, this match was fantastic. They were the weapons. In a a match that you were talking about, like the way that you put it was, you know, obviously there are more matches to come that are going to have toys, that are going to have these things. They were the weapons. And that was the most important thing, to start off with something that they know was going to be hot, that the crowd was already going to be behind. They were playing with the house's money. And Sheamus gets a win back in a way that's still not one-on-one, so it doesn't necessarily, quote-unquote, hurt Gunther. So yeah. everybody yeah. wins. It was about as perfect as you can get for an opener. Absolutely. Uh, I thought this was great. Set the tone for the whole show. I, I thought to myself, because that opening package has a uh, voiceover from uh, Heyman. Yeah. And I was like, that was weird because mm. there's no bloodline on this show. So I was like, that's weird. And then I was like, extreme rules. Okay, maybe the extreme thing. And then he goes, Philly. In Philadelphia. I was like, oh, okay. And he mentioned well, it. There you go. Because I didn't know they were in Philly until he said it. I was like, oh, there it is. I, I don't think like, he could go right. 10 minutes without mentioning Philly. Yeah, right. It's contractually obligated. I was like, can we put that on his gravestone? Extreme. It probably will be. So I was feeling good about this pay-per-view, and then... Uh-oh. Oh, oh boy. Uh-oh. Oh, Bro, I just... Rodgers is so bad. This is so terrible. You're going like... to Ronda for this? I'm not going to disagree with you on the Ronda point. Man, he made his point so strong, he completely blacked out. They silenced him. No, that was that was women somewhere silencing me. Oh, I thought that oh, I thought Umas jumped into the camera shot first. No, <laughs> Ronda Rousey and Liv Morgan for some belt. I don't even give a fuck anymore. Oh, SmackDown Women's Championship, whatever. Extreme Rules. Uh, no, just no across the goddamn board. I I. And the I era of Morgan has come to an end. I'm, I I wish I could say that that was true. 
Oh man, she's gonna win it next week. Later on in the pay per view, they did like some sort of thing where like they're teasing a heel turn from her or something. Oh god, she got all dark and she was all smiley and all. I don't even fucking know. Is she gonna be? I think they're gonna go full uh, Harley Quinn with this one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I I don't fucking know, but I'm not even disagreeing about Ronda Rousey because I'm not even a rig. I'm not a Ronda Rousey fan either. This Liv Morgan bullshit needs to fucking stop. Just fucking stop it. She's terrible, though. But see, this is the problem I have with Liv Morgan. She's visually terrible. I don't understand how they think we don't see this. Those chair shots were bowling shoe ugly. Oh, my God. Chair shots. Let me tell you the exact moment that I I actually (laughs) left. I didn't turn the pay-per-view off. I left the room for a large amount of time. And figured when I come back, if It'll I be miss over. the next match, I'll just rewind to that, and then I'll catch up time. Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey were having a match where Ronda Rousey picked up a baseball <laughs> bat, you lost okay, and swung it, and not a working fashion because you can hear thwap thwap thwap. And you ever seen someone getting beat by their mom? with a belt or a bat, so what they do is they just stick their hand out to try to stop the hit from happening. Yeah. That's what she's doing. She has her hand out. She's deflecting bat shots. Doesn't take a bump. Doesn't sell a fucking thing. She's taking bat shots. And then I, I think she hit her with, like, I don't even remember what the fuck she hit her with, and the first thing Ronda does is take a bump. And I fucking left. Yeah. I was Made no sense. Yeah. so bad. Like, Ronda having a belt is not as good but at least, like, it's a name. Yeah. But Rhonda is so bad, too. And she's so no, I'm not cringy at all about that. But she we're not, but we can't, gotta stop giving passes to Liv Morgan, I think, is the point that AJ's I making. I have never given, I have been roasting that bitch from <laughs> day one on this fucking show. I want to know who the idea understand. was about. She had, well, she has a connection with the fans. I don't understand fully why they cheer for her they're behind her i just don't think that her work is great at all i think to aj's point first off there was no reason why ronda rousey should even she is the web this is where they failed she is the weapon yeah (laughs) this is why the lesnar ambrose match at wrestlemania didn't work yes because good, they, made good it, parallel. they made it, they made it in Extreme Rules racks so that it gave the perception that Ambrose would have a shot at winning the match at WrestleMania. Yeah. The problem was is that Lesnar knows what type of match Lesnar is supposed to have, and they don't involve fucking weapons. Mm-hmm. And the more they built up this match leading up to WrestleMania, the more stupid shit Ambrose did with weapons. And if you notice, Lesnar played no role in any of that. Any of As a matter of fact, didn't they bring in like Mick Foley to do shit yeah. with Ambrose? Because Lesnar wasn't fucking with it. Because Lesnar knows what Lesnar is supposed to do. Ronda has no fucking clue what Ronda is supposed to do. She's the BJJ legend. She's the Olympic athlete. She is the UFC Hall of Famer. She doesn't behave that way. Thus, lost us. She smiles every fucking time. She smiles to the ring. She's a happy-go-lucky person. I know she's slightly healing it up now. Too late. You've lost everybody already. And now... You put her in a situation when Ronda wrestled Sasha, there was somebody who could cover up. Charlotte, Bailey, Becky, when you were in the ring with Bianca to a degree, when you're in there with somebody who can shine on their own and you don't have to carry them, she can get by. Every Liv Morgan match 
she Liv has to be carried. What did we see just a second ago with Shayna Baszler? Shayna Baszler can wrestle. Yes. This is not a Ronda situation. We've seen Shayna Baszler go in there and carry matches. She Liv Morgan was the rock of Gibraltar. We couldn't get her ass off the mat. Shayna could not carry her ass through a mat. She almost dislocated every vertebrae in her back carrying this bitch for <laughs> 10 goddamn minutes. It cannot be done. Someone in the chat, I, oh, this is going to probably be a weird thing for me. I can't wait for Charlotte to come back and clean Ronda's clock. Mm. There's, there's a statement not popular with the wrestling community, but I'm on board, not as far as cleaning Ronda's clock, but I can't wait for, for Charlotte to come How back. did the clock get so dirty? Uh, well, <laughs> Vince. Uh, yeah. Vince dirty <laughs> clock. In, a, in numerous ways. I'm glad we're both professional speakers so we can enunciate the word clock very well. Yes. Well, no, that L's in there, and I want people to know before I take an L on, on, on social media tonight. Removing that, that L. This guy was on his anniversary show talking about cocks. I don't know what's going on. Vince was really a genetic jackhammer. He was. Grapefruits, remember? He was the grapefruits guy, too. He had great, grapefruits. He's probably got a lot of kids out there. Like, maybe like Nick. He ate his celery. Now that we know. Bringing it back. (laughs) Pull the curtain once again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now that we know for a fact that Linda turned a blind eye to a lot of his shit, there's no telling how many McMahons are roaming around the fucking country right now. Well, Bret Hart warned us about turning a blind eye years ago. Oh, yeah. That's why he blacked his eye. Yeah. (laughs) That's why he did that. So he knocked his leg out his leg. Getting away from this goddamn abortion. I'm thinking to myself, God damn it, please, please, somebody come after this and save this and bring me back into it. And Lord and behold, we get ourselves a strap match. Now, not the greatest wrestling match I've ever seen in my life. Not the best strap match I've ever seen in my life. But when you follow something so horrifically bad as a Ronda Rousey versus Liv Morgan match, when I tell you that I was starved and someone gave me a fucking sandwich, that good sandwich from the deli spot where you're just like, oh, it just hits the deluxe with the fry, everything. Just It tastes, when you're on an island and they give you a saltine cracker like the Eddie Murphy joke, you're like, this is good. This is rich. This is rich cracker. This is good. This match on a standalone match may not have been the greatest, but after that Previous match that we just saw, this was rich. It, it, sound, it shined. Was, yeah. Beautiful. They told a story. What a what also, by the way, my wife and I, we were calling this um WWE Takeover Extreme Rules. Because everything about <laughs> yeah. this was black and gold NXT, a promo package before each matchup, just giving you a little bit of each character and then why they're competing against each other. Like every match had a vignette. There's only six fucking matches. That's the takeover. Okay, there's only five or six matches, and here's the program, and this is what they're doing. This is why they hate each other and carrying felt good (laughs) in the championship. There's a reason for this battle, and they sold the strap before the match, and then they had the match, and the match was what it was. I'm not gonna complain about this. Not after what I just fucking saw. I'm damn sure not gonna complain about this. But Matt, what did you think of the strap match between Karrion Cross and Drew McIntyre? I like how it started off like it was just a brawl before they even actually started the official match. There you go. I, it got me hooked right there because I was like, "There, you guys are going really going at it." And then the matches—that's because somebody in the back told him, "Listen, we lost them. You got yeah, exactly. to bring them back. Bring them back. back. Listen, together, whoever like the producer of this match like really did a good job. Like, it played to like 
each person's like strength. It was really good. So I, I really enjoyed it. If I'm Sheamus and Gunther, I'm punching the locker in the back. We're watching that live Ronda match go up. Are you fucking serious? Yeah. You squandered what we just built. We just fucking yeah. did. And Drew and Karrion was like, chill. We got you, baby. We got you. We're going to take your formula. We're going to go out there and beat the shit out of each other. We straight. Don't worry about it. And they went out there, man. And they, they, you know, they did what they did. Joe, did you think this was a fight worthy of the of the strap match stipulation? Could, they, could we have done this match without the strap or the strap? No, the, the strap didn't help at all. I think this match would have been just as good without the strap. The strap match is a stipulation where it's like we want to hold them together closer. And, you know, it's a wrestling match. There's no need for it. We're going to get actually, real close. I actually noted, I, I made a note in my head when I heard, when I saw the promo vignette leading into the matchup that the logic actually didn't make sense. Because in every clip, Karrion attacked Drew. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and Drew acknowledged that he keeps getting hit from behind. I just smacked my own mic. He mm-hmm. keeps getting hit from behind. He keeps getting jumped. And now I have this strap. There's nowhere for you to go. True, he hasn't been going anywhere. He's been just laying Except you out. Yeah, yeah. He's been coming Turn around, Drew. You've been Turn going around. to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where is he coming? He hasn't been. The strap, <laughs> I understand where Joe's coming from. The strap usually is for people. Okay, every time I try to get this guy, he escapes somehow. He right. leaves the ring. He powders out. He gets his goons to jump me, but not today. <laughs> We've got the strap. We're tied together. You can't run from me. <laughs> yeah, but didn't understand the logic of that. No, the whole, there's no. They weren't the running. Package from him. was yeah. him getting beat up by Drew. He's like, but I've got the strap now. <laughs> like, yeah. The only, the only thing I didn't like was like I thought like in a strap match they're supposed to touch all four corners to win. No, that's, that's a, a different, different. That's a different yeah, type. Yeah, yeah. What was the Texas bull rope match? Oh, yeah, oh, something yeah, like they've that. done that before. Really. Yeah, which that wasn't corners, the stipulation yeah. for it either, because Dusty, Dusty was one of the originators of the Texas bull rope, and there was nothing to do with fucking corners. That was a WWE thing. Just, I, I thought yeah. that would have been a cool added to that match. Like they could have did that four corners. Yeah. No, nah, because for me, both of those dudes are are big, larger than I don't need to see them diving to reach a turn, like exhausted. You know, no, nah, save that for the smaller guys. I'm um, I'm fine with that. And it was the uh, they chose the right guy to win, needed the momentum. It was a decent match, average, not great, but like you said, after it, it could have been a little extra something to it. Did you notice Cross did a tribute to Future Trunks and DBZ with that haircut of his? I don't watch DBZ. So I don't do it. Is that some sort of like quiz nose? I, <laughs> I love the way that Steven just described this match. That's a, that's the, the heart killer when women describe you in bed. You go, hey, baby, how am I in bed? It, it's nice. It's okay. It's really nice in bed. You, you, it's great. You get me from A to B. It's, it, it it's very me. polite. Yeah, you never yelled at me once during the entire process. My heart rate didn't elevate one bit. Yeah, no, I stayed at resting BPM the entire time we had intercourse. That's nice. It's nice. And you refer to it as intercourse is a good, uh, (laughs) good indication that things aren't going well. Not at all. You guys have sex last night. I mean, you know, we made love. (laughs) You know, we connected. We we had a, a coitus. It was great. We had coitus. <laughs> coitus. Speaking of which, I wish I had coitus except for during this match here. Oh. If I would have been having coitus except for this match, oh. no, I was disappointed. Yeah. But yeah. The, the buildup was intense, but and I then when we got here, it was like, oh, I that was nice. No, the ladder, <laughs> the ladder match, the ladder fucked them up. Bailey just doesn't do it. 
Well, listen. Ugh. You in the wrong camp for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bailey does for both contexts. Oh, yeah. Don't lie, my friend. I'm yeah, sorry. there's a there's Ever a lot since of... she's come back and she's gotten full chula uh, uh chola. Yeah, yeah. And she's 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 starting to look like an actual Mexican from South Carolina uh, South California now. My yeah. one weakness. But, you know, I'm starting to mm-hmm. yeah, I'm starting to get it. But uh I think the stipulation of this match did him in. I, I didn't I did I thought I actually believed while I was watching it, fuck, didn't need the ladder. Nope. Uh, Bianca and Bailey would have just been just fine as it was, especially with the barometer being Ronda and Liv earlier in the night. No ladder, Bianca and Bailey. That was shit would have been Flair Steamboat. That this shit would have been an instant classic compared to the shit we saw earlier. I, I appreciated the 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 ending spot with the with the ladder. That was pretty cool. There were a few spots here and there, but. I'm the last guy who should be. T- I'm, I've already been vocal about how much I, I'm done with ladder matches as it is. I like the aspect of the one on one, and I think that's when I got hyped because you you see the package build up and how we got here and it's one on one. I'm like, oh, we're gonna start seeing some some HBK Razor spots. It's gonna be done. I don't know. It just it was not. It's not that. Mm-hmm. It didn't play yeah. up to the hype that was the first women's ladder match. So it didn't play up to that hype. Well, I'm t- I'm also tired of the firsts. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm looking forward to the thirds, the fourths, the like once you get just get the get the match on the right track. They were kind of all over the place. I didn't need uh Sky and Kai for that at that point. It kind of just was like thrown in there. And they didn't even want to do it. They, exactly. They didn't want to do it because if you look back on that double burning hammer spot EO was not feeling that shit no. at all. She wasn't hooked. She it was awkward at best. She wasn't hooked. She wasn't feeling safe. She hooked herself. If you look back at that spot, she grabs the rope because she because she doesn't feel Bianca. That's why Bianca was up for so long because she couldn't reach. And EO's trying to hook, and there's no connection. And she went, nah, yeah. nah not today. Yeah. Grabbed the rope. So when the bump finally went over, she just took a flat ass front bump, and that was it. She's like, nope, not good. On the good note, that means they didn't rehearse it. Less rehearsal yeah. for me is great, spontaneity. But the bad note, without practice, you better have chemistry, and they ain't got it. So that was it on that. And also, let's appreciate the fact that Bailey just came back and hasn't had a lot of reps on, you know, not a lot of matches since she's been back. So I'm not, this isn't to give a pass, but as far as the chemistry thing goes, as far as the timing thing goes, anyone will tell you the more you get in the ring, especially coming off a long-term injury, the more your timing gets together. So maybe it was just that was one of the cases there. Maybe. Chat a little bit of the old ring rust. <laughs> Saul says, I don't care if I get heat for this. Bailey should have won. First of all, you're not going to get heat. Share yeah. your opinion. Secondly, you're dead-ass wrong. Blair <laughs> 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 is on a fucking roll right now. In the yeah, yeah, the, the cutter, killer steam would be asinine. The other women's champion was Liv Morgan. Yeah, let that sink in. Let that fucking yeah. sink in. All right, we need a new one. And that they, we had two new champions, Bianca and Liv, and it's like water and fucking vinegar. It's it's two different, two completely different things. And it's the only one. Bianca's the only one who has been consistently successful outside of the four horsewomen. It's the first time that they've had another pillar of yeah. that division that's there full time outside yeah. of the four horsewomen. Yeah, which like yeah. who who else? Which thankfully at this point they got to start getting away from. Yes, the four Agreed. horsewomen. Yeah. 
good point here. I was thinking about it, but I got a rebuttal here. Bailey and Bianca had a ton of matches before she got injured. No, that they was weren't good the, either. And yeah. they weren't good either, but that was the program Bailey was in when she got hurt. Yeah. And my only reply to that is Bianca's not the same person she, she was then, yeah. She was then than she is now. And uh, maybe that's what threw the chemistry off when you think about it, because those matches that you were referring to before in the ring, Bailey's calling that match. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind at that stage of the game, Bailey's no the ring general in that match. She's the one calling everything. Bianca's calling her own shit now. And it's a complete she's having a completely different match now than she did then. I'm thinking that's where the chemistry got mixed up. Where, you know, Bailey's the heel going in, she's old school. Maybe she was the one calling this match. I'm not entirely sure how the communication went, but it didn't look right. And there were a few spots in there where you could tell the stuff they prepared for came out good. It's the in-between shit that got all jumbled up. Like the spots, oh, I'm going to do this spot, right? Sunset flip, you take a flat back into the ladder, you pop off at cell, I'll do this. That stuff came out dope because that's the stuff they talked about. <laughs> but but whatever, I, I, and, and I don't want to be too inside with things, but sometimes as a wrestler, when you hear, when you're discussing a match and and someone says, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. And then, uh, and this is where you get heat. And the guy goes, cool. Uh, what are you doing for heat? And the guy goes, we'll figure it out. Mm. Kiss of death. <laughs> Unless you've worked with a guy, you kind of have an idea where that heat's coming from. If you've never worked with a guy before and they go, Oh, we'll figure it out. Death. <laughs> death every fucking time. Either not enough is going on because one is, they're both being nice and they're trying to see who's going to do what. Or the other way, they get ultra aggressive. And I think in this situation, because they were in a ladder match and you want movement, I think both of them were trying to figure out, all right, I'm going to do this, but wait, let me do this. And it just it didn't it's 50-50. I'm still saying yeah. to this day, and I, was, I said it while I watched it, I didn't need the ladder. Get rid of the ladder, let them wrestle, and I think in a wrestling match, it would have clicked a lot better. The ABCs are different. From wrestling to ladder match. This is why I don't like ladder matches anymore. Because motherfuckers are getting into ladder matches. Who can't do ladder matches? <laughs> so I don't want to fucking see it anymore. Until oh, we get people shit. who are fucking adept at this. And understand the reason for having the fucking ladder there. Then you bring them back. Until then. Get all these people who grew up on TLC. The fuck out of these ladder matches. <laughs> And then let it fucking die out for a while and then bring it back so that a fresh group of people can understand the logic behind the ladder match. I've had three in my life. They suck. Hmm. So that if you're going to beat yourself up in a ladder match, at least get something out of the fucking match. Because a lot of these ma- how many ladder matches have we seen do you fucking remember for the last few years? Uh, Razor Ramones. You're still going back to the classics. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think maybe we're limiting ourselves to just the last. What what about hammock match? (laughs) (laughs) Just lay there, swing. Right, you got to climb into the hammock and swing and grab. You know. Oh, what about those ambulance matches? Those were always fun. (laughs) Here, Oscar was pretty successful outside of the horse. uh, The horsewomen. You know, not at the same level. Not at the same level. And also, I feel like she didn't ascend higher than them on purpose. Almost like they they didn't. Almost, it feels almost like they didn't want her to be more successful than the women they already had handpicked to be on top. A sure. Becky, a Charlotte, something like it was like 
yes, she's popular. Yes, she could work. And we'll put her there. But <laughs> she was never going to be the face of the women's no, division, whereas Bianca Belair could be the face of any division. And as long as she was doing tie and tie on fucking LSD, <laughs> she was never really going to be respected the way that she should have. In sure. Japan, she was respected a certain way. They got lucky because that respect transferred over in NXT. And that side of the American audience accepted that to a degree. Then they brought her on the Raw and they made her Hong Kong Fooey or whatever the fuck that mm-hmm. she, she does. And I, <laughs> can you, if she wasn't Japanese, even if she was Asian, Chinese, Korean, if she was doing that, she'd be the most racist motherfucker who ever fucking lived. With she the exception of That's going racist. Doing, she do it. Like with the exception yeah, of yeah, that, yeah. I mean, this is just borderline. It's just it's just ridiculous stuff. Indeed. <laughs> Rocket now Buster. To, now to the match that I think we may there might be some debates on this, but we go to Edge and Finn Balor, the I quit match. First and foremost, I'm thinking this is the match that you were referring to when you said legend has it, it might still be going on today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because my God. Okay. So the I quit stipulation. I will give them credit for this. So far, of the matches that we've seen, besides the old-fashioned Donnybrook, which is essentially just a fight, this is what we got. This was really the only match that played up its stipulation. The whole match was built around the fact that somebody had to fucking say these words. And the way that it was built up, I had this eerie feeling that we were going to do a Rock Mankind with the microphone. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, they're building it like this guy is just not going to give up. And I, I may be in the minority, but I didn't think for one second Edge was winning this match. No, yeah, because not even a little bit. It's too dramatic yeah. a moment. Yeah. It's too dramatic a moment. My concern was, how are we going to get there? <laughs> so, so Steve, let me start with you when I ask this question. As far as everything I just said about working up to the actual stipulation, what did you think about the actual execution of that finish? The execution of the finish I liked it was just everything that it, it it took too long to get there. Yeah. It was too drawn out. Like literally, I'm sitting there, I'm texting a friend while I'm watching, and I'm just like, "What what what what's going on here?" Like it just seemed like it was hastily put together, or the execution. Somebody got lost at some point. I feel like, and they circled around the block looking for the Quiznos again, trying to find a DBZ. Like, did they sell the DBZ? And then they finally got to the point. Door dashed. <laughs> they they could have done that so much quicker, so much yeah. more concise, and it would have had more impact. The the Rhea Ripley hitting her with the, all of that is great. It yeah. just took to. I thought I was watching an episode of Supernatural. Just fucking get to the point. <laughs> just do it, Matt. What were you gonna say? Uh, it's very predictable. It's obvious they're like. You know she was gonna get involved, and that was how he was gonna lose. It was predictable. It was it was terrible. I, like I really like Edge, and you didn't like, like that. Thing. Yeah, I didn't like it. It was oh. just predictable. Like you know, they set it up for a Survivor Series match with Beth. I, I kind of agree with the predictability part because I was watching this match, and like I said in the beginning, I was wondering how do we get out of this, right? How does Edge quit? I know he's going to, but how? And the minute Beth Phoenix ran there, in, there it was. Yeah. I said, oh, there it fucking is. Throw in the towel. I, I, <laughs> threw, I threw my headphones on the bed. I was like, babe, I'm gonna. this is exactly what's going to happen. They're going to beat the shit out of Edge. They're going to beat him beyond belief or whatever, but he still refuses to quit. 
Rhea's going to drop because Rhea's out there, but she's got nothing to do. Remember, the guys can't hit the girls. So Rhea's got to hit somebody, and she's going to hit Beth. They're going to hold, I, I, I bet you it was going to be a concerto as a thing for Edge, and all that shit happened. So I actually co signed the predictability a lot because I, I as soon as I was confused and I was lost, I said, let's play this out. Let's see how this goes. And as soon as Beth showed up, that's it. That's it. We have an out. I'm Loved it. I, don't, I love I it though. <laughs> Predictability ain't always bad if it's the right decision. Like I don't need swerve. Vince Russo swerves every well, two seconds. This was the right decision. Finn should have won this match, but I think to your point, it. Uh, well, I'll put it. I'll put it up right here. How do you get out of I that? I agree. Get to the point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was too long. The match was, was too long. The setup was too long. The execution was too long. I started watching my clock. I was like, uh, we still have a fight pit. Man. I changed my laundry. Yeah. <laughs> was it really that long? It was long. It was. It was hold long. on. I actually it, have match time here. 25 29, minutes. 29 minutes and 55 29 minutes. minutes. Five seconds short of a 30-minute match. It didn't feel also like the very beginning. Like It so, felt like they give you an idea. Padded the it. The second longest match was 17 minutes, which was the opening match. That had six fucking guys in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the shortest match on this card was Karrion Cross and Drew. Ronda Rousey and Liv Morgan went two minutes longer. <laughs> what did we do to deserve this? I don't understand. Mm. I bought your pay per view, you bitch. How dare you do this to me? But I think Matt hit up a, actually a really good point. Hear me out on this pitch because Matt just said something that stuck out in my head when I was watching the whole thing unfold. And I was thinking to myself, because the Judgment Day is three people or three males and one female. Mm -hmm. And obviously, the Judgment Day, whether they did this angle or not, it would have just been another angle. The Judgment Day is going into a War Games match. We all know this. Okay? The question is who? Traditionally speaking, War Games matches are four on four. Judgment Day have three males, one female. The minute that I saw Beth Phoenix get into that ring, and take the knockout hit. I said to myself, "Are we going to see the first intergender war games match?" Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, now three males, and then each team has the one female, and then that's going to be the actual. Especially fight. now that Bullet Club's back. Yeah, yeah. but that's too many members. I, I yeah, I mean they don't have to pick everybody. Just... I actually thought AJ would end up because remember uh, Judgment Day beat up AJ. Right, I thought he was going to so help Edge. The, yeah. I thought it was going to be Edge, Mysterio, AJ, and Beth, but now. Yeah. Thing on the bullet, eh? Now at the yeah. club. <laughs> oh, see? Play the game. Play the oh, game. Yeah. Club. <laughs> the club. Uh, the club. Well, now they're back together. Still, who fucking knows? I mean, and maybe it'll still be uh, Edge, AJ, and Ray Mysterio with Beth versus Judgment Day. And maybe, like, the club will go after the Usos. Mm. Could do something like that. Nah, I, I don't think you separate AJ from, from from them. From the this, no. Yeah, not right now. Goddamn soon. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I this is a monkey wrench in the whole goddamn plan. I didn't realize the fucking uh, these guys would be back. I, we heard rumors, but I didn't think they'd be back so goddamn fast. What's they were just on impact like the other day, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's they like pulled two a, months a nineties WCW. They Lex Luger. Yeah, they Lex Luger. Yeah, they Lex Luger did. That's where it is. Now, what is this guy doing here? The Judgment Day is arguably Rhea Ripley's stable. She's the one that seems to have the most. To me, that's not an argument. I don't know why they haven't officially named her the leader yet. Why they? So, so now, yeah. If Finn jumped ship, perhaps 
after a while to the OC. Uh-huh. They could have something there. Um, I, I feel like that that's something that, that could... Hmm, my, my brain is percolating. Sorry. Okay. You ever percolate. get that tingle? Let it percolate. No, but you're 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 onto something here. The only the only disagreement that I have there, how do you get Finn off the Judgment Day now, considering how successful he just was not only last night but the last few weeks? Judgment Day seems to be working out for him pretty good. The last few weeks, actually, uh, the promos that he's been shooting, the segments I should say that he's been shooting with AJ, he's been very pro Judgment Day. He's like, dude, shit is great. It is awesome. You need to jump on board, AJ. It's always great when you're this on top. This is your last chance, fella. <laughs> At any yeah. point, it's dog eat dog. You can have a priest turn, have priest turn on Ballard. It's the same. We never thought it would happen with Edge, right? right. That came yeah. from out of nowhere. It's dog eat dog. You're not pulling your weight. He loses one match. They can do can it. We flip Edge and Finn again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just one more time. time. Uh, one more time. <laughs> fix it and put it back. The the big show back. treatment. Mm. Well, you know what? I actually liked Judgment Day when Edge was on it. It made Same. sense to me. They're, yeah. they're making do with what they've got, yeah. but I like the idea of Edge kind of being more in the corner of talent as opposed to fighting them. Yeah. I and like being this, like, elevated himself, like, I'm above all this, you know, because I've already been to the top of the mountain. I am the mountain. Yeah. Oh, he, he brought up a very he, good point here. Hold on. You take Finn out of Judgment Day, he's not really a stable. Dom is terrible. Very true. I will fucking co-sign that. Yeah, Dom is the worst. He is getting better, though. I think uh, he's getting better. better. Uh, Dom is getting better. Dom is very good on Raw. His haircut's not. He, he's getting, well, it's not he supposed to. He's more personality as <laughs> yeah. a heel, I'll give you that. But yeah. his yeah. in-ring is still he's the he's still He's still camel crap in the ring. I can't. That's being oh, generous. No, no, man. I'm trying to be nice yeah. when I call him camel crap. There's way worse crap than camel crap. I've been I think Snoop Dogg had a better sla- uh, splash on AEW. <laughs> he's not good in the ring. He, no. he can do the moves. He just... When Bad Bunny's better than you. Well, well, here's the thing. Once he has his own personality and isn't, like, he's now moving away from his father's move set and, like, being a caricature of that, once he develops his own stuff, I feel like it'll get better. The problem with that is, is even as he develops his own personality, his own way of things, yeah, move set presentation obviously has changed a lot with the whole Judgment Day look. Um, the problem with that is in regard. Any second generation or third generation wrestler will tell you it's going to take years to get yeah. out from underneath that shadow. Yeah. Even if he's good. Sure. Even if he's good, Goldust never got out from that shadow. That's you true. know, there's there's guys who you can get to a certain level and be successful and be a great wrestler and, and have your own identity, but you're always that guy's kid. Very few break out. Randy Orton broke out. Rock. Like, yeah. Randy Orton Rock. is greater than his father and his father's father. The Rock. They ascended, but even when they did, it took them years to get there. Sure. The question now is, does Dom have enough time to get there? Yeah, no, yeah. no. before he gets to that point, he's he's yeah. he's never going to get to that point for two reasons. Mm. One, the stature of him does not elevate him. The fact that Rey Mysterio was able to do all that stuff from 16 years old and be the smaller guy. And over, like, it's it's just he's a folk hero at this point. Dom does not have enough time to become a folk hero. He doesn't have enough places to work right now to become a folk hero. He's Rey Mysterio's kid. Yeah. It is what it is. 
Now, he can have a, a, a fine career and learn to have great matches, you know what I mean? But he's yeah. never going to surpass his father. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. I hope I'm wrong, I can agree. but I don't think so. I agree with that because he doesn't have, like, he's not traveling like his dad used to, going out to the territories, going to Mexico. He's not wrestling all over the world like his dad. So, yeah, I can understand that. You're right about that. He also doesn't have the inherent sympathy that he can draw from his size like his yeah. father did. Yeah, he's a tall, lanky dude, so. Not not very well defined muscularly. No. That was the nicest way. I was going to say something so much worse than that. So I'm glad you said that. Not, <laughs> as, well, not as defined. You know, I was tr- I wasn't trying to say he looks like putting in a sock. Access to top flight exercise equipment and regiments and people. He's surrounded in a community of people who do this on a daily. And this dude looks like a Foot Locker employee. This dude does not look at all. What's your shoe size, sir? (laughs) Give it time. Hopefully, give it time. I just did not match my dad and my uncle had in Halloween Havoc. (laughs) I honestly think he's phenomenal. I honestly think he's coming to his own. I think him being healed, him feuding with his dad. But is that enough? No, he'll never be the next Rock. That's for sure. Or Randy. As a person, he's probably the greatest dude. Sure. And yeah. I am rooting for him because it is hard to come in. To, if your dad was a wrestler, period, it's hard to get into business. When your dad is fucking Rey Mysterio, yeah. it's impossible. You're going to be fighting uphill for the remainder of your fucking career. The expectation. My only thing, yeah, is, yeah. My only thing is, is that even if he does get to that point where, you know what? I respect him as a wrestler. I respect him as a performer. Is that enough? Is he going to be always looked at as kind of somewhere in the middle because of how great his dad is, no matter how great he becomes? Yes. And and this, I think that's what's going to end up happening. Because of the merchandise. Yeah, if he's having fun masks. doing what he's doing, that's great. But for us to sit here and go, as Claiborne just wrote, you take Finn out of that group and it's just Priest and Rhea and Dom, we've got a fucking problem. Oh, it's dead on arrival. Yeah. No. <laughs> oh, don't bring DOA back. Hold on. Oh, wait. Well, you don't brothers. want DOA crush? Where is he? Are the Harris brothers think- still doing stuff? Hold on a second. I think Dom will. I think Dom is going to surprise us. I, think he's I hope so. I don't think he surpasses his father. I, no, no, I don't that, think to the point. Yeah, I don't think he surpasses a lot of the stars that are there now. Mm. Yeah, like likely not. So it is. What it a, is. He he's going to be a star. I think he'll definitely be a star. He won't be as big as his dad. No, he'll be. Well, he's already bigger. Never mind. Mm. <laughs> He's already yeah. Mm. Didn't he? Didn't he let his dad ride his back on the WrestleMania ramp down to the ring? Like, <laughs> yeah, he gave his dad a piggyback, a piggyback ride, uh, ride for the tag titles. Uh, Dominic could be great if he works hard enough. He won't be a letdown. You know what was a letdown? This some bitch. Which wow, oh, bitch it right was. here ugh. was this. I said it on social media. I'll verbalize it here. You guys can jump all over it. If you're not going to do shoot fight shit in a pit, don't do the fucking pit. Yeah. I'm sorry. Matt Riddle went in there looking like he was ready for a fight, and Rollins went in there and fucking kept the kayfabe going, and I was out. First few seconds. With, Matt brought it up with McIntyre and uh, Cross. They got right to the fucking point. This is a fight pit. Yeah. This is the fight pit. And they show – if this was a first-time ever match – no prior history. We've got two guys coming in. They get to dictate what the history looks like. That's a different story. But Matt Riddle has had two of these bitches, and they were phenomenal. And this, 
<laughs> I don't know what this abortion was. I thought they banned abortion, but this, this no, only wrong. in certain states. <laughs> the The problem wasn't the match. The problem was it's the wrong guys. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll give you that. Seth Rollins, while he can seemingly do everything, whatever, yeah, this okay. isn't his That's strong suit. Mm-mm. This isn't this isn't him. You don't when he's not having submission matches with folks. He's not having technical masterpieces of more realistic ground based type yeah. of offense. They here. tried to give him one. Did you see the yes. before when he threw that submission on? Yeah, I mean, like, it never happened in the pit. They never even attempted it. One, it never happened in the pit. Two, you're not gonna get that over in a week. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. Sorry. He should have been doing it on the house show loop. Oh, over yeah. <laughs> sure. It's like uh, the week before they dawned on them. Oh, shit. You know, uh, like, oh, bro. Oh, yeah. It just. It, it, <laughs> it was like it, the Steve Austin when they announced the the uh, the submission match with Bret Hart, WrestleMania 13. He's like, well, God damn it. I don't have a submission. Like, <laughs> yes, you, know, you used to do one like a year or two ago. Well, fuck <laughs> it. I guess I'll bring that one back. It's like, wait, what? Uh, <laughs> it just wasn't. It was all wrong. All wrong. Put this here. Matt has proven that he could do shoot fights and put it over before signing with the E, which is true. But sure. that's what James is saying. He's not saying Riddle was the one out of place. No, we've Seth seen, was. We've yeah. seen Riddle in that matchup situation before against guys who were workers, but also have a history with catches catch cam, who also have a history with catch wrestling, who have shoot fight uh, experience, and they were able to make the shoot work. Wink. In that setting. Seth is not one of those, and it's dudes. and it's the and it's the wrong type of character for that too. The 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 yeah, Seth, Seth is, Rollins current incarnation doesn't lend itself to a shoot fight. This could have been better accomplished in a cage. Yeah, yeah. It, well, maybe not even the cage. I'm not. Well, you know what? Thank <laughs> God we didn't have the cage. True. Because they gave Matt Riddle a platform and he still broke his ass. <laughs> That looks that I've looked pig that rough. Before I've seen that face before. There goes I the coccyx. And I've broke I have broken my tailbone on two occasions. <laughs> I remember that goddamn sound he made. Mm. I said, no, this nigga broke his goddamn tailbone. I, as soon as he did it and he ref, he froze in position and just yelled. Yeah. It wasn't even like a cell where it was like, oh my God. When you hit and you break your tailbone, your first instinct is to get up and don't move because movement hurts. And that's what he did. He just laid and froze for like a few seconds. And he, uh. Yeah, he broke that cloxic bone. I said, oh, he broke his whole shit. I said, oh, man. I seen it happen. And they replayed it like 16 times. Yeah. I replayed it to my wife. I said, you got to see this. Watch his face. Watch <laughs> Ooh, he broke his oh, bone. the Simpsons one? <laughs> you can slow it down right here. Rollins is the guy in the funny seats. Nobody wants to see him in a fight pit. It's like when Kenny won it and exploded. Oh, yeah. That match was trash. And even down to the entrance and what Rollins wore, he wore. The gear was too inside. Yeah. One, it was too inside. Two, it was like you're you're making this a joke. It's no longer a serious fight. Yeah. He was doing what Seth Rollins does. It's just the wrong atmosphere for that. For that, yeah, I, I think he sets a tone. If he comes out and and like taped fist and like like some more some sort of shoot gear of some kind yeah. or whatever, even that could have been mocking. Like if he would have came out in a gi, right? That would have been funny. Yeah, like we know he's not a karate guy, but at least sure. that fits the fucking. It based in some sort of combat yeah, sort sport. Of combat yeah. something. Yeah. 
show enough gear. That would have been hot. Oh, that would have been. <laughs> Who's oh, the master? Who's the Shona! <laughs> <laughs> <Seth> freaking Rollins <laughs> comes out to Ernest the Cat Miller. Oh my God! Ernest the Cat. Being racist with the <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I'm calling him out now. Nah. Karate. This was, this was a somebody better call his mama. <laughs> somebody should have called. Matt broke his whole ass. Oh. I'm, sure, I'm sure he wished his mama was there to rub it for him and make him feel better, give him smoochies. The powder. Oh, this match, mm. I, I I was done, and they got me with the takeover trick. Mm-hmm. They got me with the takeover trick. So the match is over. <laughs> the match is over. Matt and his broken ass is waddling to the top of the goddamn ramp, and they gave us the logo at the bottom. And unlike everybody else, I completely forgot about the white rabbit thing. I had completely forgotten about it. I saw the logo come up, and I just sat there oh, with, yeah, that's with, right, huge, yeah. with huge distaste. I was just like, "Ugh, God, what a roller coaster!" Because I'm thinking to myself, "I'm like, love the first match, hate the second, kind of like the third, hated the fourth, got me with the fifth. God damn it, the sixth suck." I was like, "God damn it, there's your 500. It bad 500, three for six for me." And I went, "Man, this this is garbage. Let me turn this off. Let me go smoke something or something. I don't. Know. I gotta get this off my chest." And then the lights went out, and I was like. The fuck? I forgot about the white rabbit thing. Are we on the air still? Yeah. I love that. Like it, they oh, could never make that ever. sound convincing though. Yeah, ever. ever. Yeah. As somebody who's had to do that before, I hate it. Can yeah. we stop doing that? Turn the lights out. Just yeah. lay the fuck out. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, uh, they, Less is they, more. Anyway, anyway, anyway. <laughs> we all know where this is headed. The the song plays. We've got the whole world. It is. Hey, yeah. the, the place goes nuts because we all know what that is. I love the production. We've got the characters in the audience. The old Firefly Funhouse covered in cobwebs gives you the indication that this is something that's in the past. They have to acknowledge it, but it's in the past. It's not something he that we know of that he's planning on using at any point in time. Uh, but he's giving you all these different things. We get introduced to a whole new mask, which means a whole new character of some kind that hopefully will develop over time. And we get the removal of the mask. We got ourselves. The man is back. Bray Wyatt. And it's so great that the way they presented this, because when they did all the characters from the Funhouse and then they revealed The Fiend, everyone thought The Fiend is that back. Was the Fiend is back. When in actuality, he was just one of the relics yeah. that he is uh, displaying here. So. Ray Wyatt is back. This is the worst kept secret in the history of WWE, besides for maybe. Is it though? <laughs> Everyone knew it. Ray. I, I can't think of a single person who seriously thought it was somebody else other than Bray Wyatt. There were a few names here and there, but I have to ask the big question. Don't kill me, you guys out there in Internet Land. Internet world. But am I the only person who saw this, praised it? Great production. I love it. I don't fucking care. I'm not I'm so over Bray Wyatt it's not even funny creatively creatively I'll give the man his due he's an amazingly creative person and a lot of the stuff that he does fits him so well but I'm a wrestling guy and inside that ring ugh, no he can do the moves he's all right there's nothing about him that really stands out at all and I've seen this man live in arenas 
in big matches with big names, and I've never been impressed with him inside the ring. His whole deal is his creative side, his promo, his ability to build up, his ability to develop things that on the outside would seem very cartoony. Firefly Funhouse is ridiculous on paper, but he brings it out, and he brings it out, and he gets involved with these characters, and he tells these stories, and he's great at that. If he was in the movie industry, I'd be one of his biggest fans. But we're in the wrestling air. We're in the wrestling game. And I know WWE is far from that. Sports entertainment, I get it. But for me, I lose a little bit from that character when I know that the buildup will be immense because he's great at that. He could build anticipation. He's a great builder. But I know when I get there, it's going to (laughs) suck. I know it is. And that takes me out of it. Am I wrong in this? Am I the only one that feels this guy inside the ring is just... I I think that's a fair criticism, but I think for the wrong reason. I think because the creative and the story and the build is so high, he's not able... He's not going to be able to reach that because it's so far ahead of what everybody else is doing. It's so different. The thing that strikes me every time with his stuff is not even just the creativity of it, but shout out to the production team as a guy who works in production that is an incredible undertaking to execute every piece of that it looked yeah. great on camera a lot of variables a lot of things could have gone wrong and <laughs> a lot of variables that the bunny costume could have been as it should look stupid it should look like one of the range guys at on 42nd street elmo you know half methed out there's a yeah. few strung out people over there for sure that look like that. But it looked great. They executed it great. To your point, I, again, am usually let down with him in the ring. But I think it's because everything else is so good up yeah. to that point that he's never going to meet that expectation. He did with Cena. I thought him and Cena, very good together. But since then, not great. Do you think he's coming back with that a stable like everybody's thinking of? The Wyatt Six? Yeah. All of his different personalities. Well, um, I think that girl is definitely Alexa Bliss because they had like two titles behind her. Well, the whatchamacallit, the mask apparently was uh, a tribute to Brody Lee, apparently. Like the mask that the sister, quote unquote, sister Abigail had was a tribute. Yeah. Uh, I, I would rather not see a stable, to be honest. Um uh, we've seen fact. I I feel like we're gearing up to faction warfare again, mm-hmm. and I'm o- I'm over that. I'm good. I don't need a bunch of factions running around fighting each other for power. I don't. I, that AEW ran that into the ground. Because yeah. Now, I don't want to see it anywhere else either. And WWE did it before that. Yeah. No. <laughs> they had. They ran it into the ground before. AEW yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. Eric, uh, I may, uh, I majorly popped. Uh, Bray plays an awesome character, and gimmicks have been dead for a while, so Bray coming back means some more great storytelling, which is great. And then you lead to this comment. Bray is the king of building suspense for talk shit. <laughs> and, and, and that's it. So it's, all of, uh, so it's all about building the story. It doesn't need to be a five-star worker. If I'll put you like this. If I've been flirtatious with a woman for a while, and all we did was foreplay for several weeks. And on the fourth week, she finally let me smash. And the pussy was no good. I'd be tight. Mm. Well, she she wouldn't be, though. No. No, that's a good point. Hey, listen, if I get there, I'm still going to give her my A game. I'm going to give her my best, you know. I I, I have to push through. But, but would you hit <laughs> Job done. Would you hit it after that? No. No. You want to yeah. give it a second shot? 
for trash pushing? What? No. Well, maybe you got to go to that restaurant in on in the alleyway that I was, I was talking listen, about. If I if <laughs> I could get hit, some ratatouille, if I can hit, right? That's mm-hmm. definitely a number I keep for for rainy days. But I'm okay. not. I'm not. No, that's not a preference. I'm not in pursuit of. of- Constant I'm contact. My attention in the other ways, you know. That's my, that's <laughs> my, uh, my drought pussy. That's when, that's when the rain don't come. I go get me a pail of dirty water or whatever. <laughs> first, sometimes the first time is not as good, but then the second time is like, all right, you know, it gets better. Chemistry. Yeah, keep oh. the chemistry. You got to culture through it. You know, this yeah. is what I like. Yeah. You know? So uh, to that point. Can we have someone go down to uh, the locker room and show Bray how to wrestle better, <laughs> so that the pussy would be better, and then I can fall in love over time? You know, because so far she's working the tip of the dick pretty good, but the canals, you know, we we out well, here. You know? Let's see how Triple H runs him. Let's see if Triple H has, uh, you know, helps him out more. Let's. It's so up. funny you mention that because there's been a lot of reports going around that he his uh, next few months has been mapped out creatively. And really? like a handful of people know, but like, like the boys don't know what he's doing next. Like it's completely in the dark, and I think that's perfect. He's gonna squash Roman. Well, now Reigns. that he's that starting to place the genuine, chess pieces, yeah. yeah, that might lead to some genuine reactions from people on camera, where they don't ex- they're going through whatever program or segment or whatever they're doing, and then a Bray thing happens. You know, oh, shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> that might that actually might work out pretty fucking good. So. Uh, a lot of people were asking earlier, so we're getting into it now, but uh, the whole idea about whether or not we popped for Bray's entrance, I think everybody here to a degree was, okay, that's pretty good shit. That's, excuse me. That's pretty good shit. Uh, but the question well, becomes, what's next? Uh, how long, how drawn out can we talk about this new character? How can we? And that's a good question. Let me ask that question. Joe, I'll ask you this question. When he was the leader of the Wyatt family, people mm-hmm. invested. Yeah. And then it went nowhere. Not his fault. No. Maybe not even the fault of the writers. Just things happen like that, right? Yep. Especially the yep. first time around with a gimmick like that. Mm-hmm. We come back completely revamped. Firefly Funhouse, The Fiend, all of it looks cool. Be- be- well, no, I mean, in all honesty, I mean, initially, yeah, it was dope because it was different. Over time, it was a little diminishing side- returns. Diminishing yeah. returns. Off right. A little bit, but he's he was so committed to it, it allowed you to buy into it. So now you're investing in him for the second time. And now we see things like being lit on fire and <laughs> coming back with a burnt mask, which was another funny moment where they pan the camera to the burnt mask on the desk, and it wasn't till the camera shot where the announcers realized, Oh my god, there's a mask here. <laughs> you didn't place somebody, yeah. <laughs> so my question is, Joe. Mm. Do can the fans invest in this guy for a third time? Well, let's see. How many times did we invest in Hulk Hogan? That's true. Well, fair enough. Yeah, he a crazy pop. So I think people yeah. are behind him. Yeah, yeah. even Philly. Yeah, Hulk Hogan's a bad. Like that's the exception, not necessarily yeah. the rule. Because if you're putting Hulk Hogan and Bray Wyatt in the same sentence, I need to know what's in your water bottle. <laughs> I'm sorry, because they are not comparable in any. Shape or form. Well, I mean, Bray never got his chance, but the, I mean, how many times did they invest in a lot of characters that, you know, came into fruition, didn't flourish, and then came back and had their moments? Like, uh, I can't think of anybody right now, but oh, you know what? Scott Hall, Diesel thing kind of floundered. 
then when he was not Scott Hall, um, Kevin Nash, Diesel had it when he first started. When he was just Shawn Michaels' backup, they invested in him as the big beefy uh, backup, and then he became something. Yeah, then the yeah, Diesel boom. thing was kind of silly, but people dug it. I dug it, and then it it floundered he, he, when he was face at seven foot three hundred twenty pounds was doomed to begin <laughs> with. <laughs> yeah. Begin with. But yeah, we get but then back. yeah, you know. So I, I think everybody has their moment and they, they have a moment to rise above the cut and, you know, get think, cut. That's just how it goes. It's the cycle. Kind of the the other people want to believe in. Yeah. I think he's uh, he got a great pop. I think the, like if they control him more creatively, they map out his stuff like you said they were going to. I think he's set up to win. I'm looking forward to it because this I'm one of the rare people that love the supernatural. In wrestling, I'm big Undertaker. I fan. like the production, the pomp, yeah. the circumstance, the Ministry of Darkness, the stupid yeah. lightning shooting out of his hand. I love that stuff. There's I a place. Will not rest in peace. There's a place <laughs> under the tent for all of it. I yeah. feel like, and if that's just it, I'm fine with it. I think he's gonna he's gonna be fine. Maybe I'll we'll finally get that hammock match. I also oh. like keeping him only on SmackDown, right? He's only yeah. Mm-hmm. Of SmackDown, so you actually have to watch it to like to see him. Well, that yeah. that's something that made no sense to me for the Fiend because why would this supernatural being care about titles? Or well, that's I, that's Monday. I can't go there. It makes no logical sense. <laughs> but now, now if this is Cuban Bray, and now he's making business decisions, and now it makes it follows a lot of logic now. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Makes complete sense to me. So uh, that was Extreme Rules. Good job, guys. Well done. You guys did such an amazing Yay. Put Yay. that together really, really well. Woo. Uh, well, as the, as the pro wrestling tradition goes, um, I'd like to go out on my back. Nice. I'll, I'll take the L here, and uh, I want to I put over the other talent. So really quickly, I'll start with Steve. Steve, what do you got going on, baby? Plug. We got some stuff going on with you. What are you up to? What are you doing? Yeah, we got a, a few things. Uh, Catalyst Wrestling, we're returning to Brooklyn November 6th. Uh, it's going to be Darius Carter taking on Alex Shelley for the title. Alex uh, Shelley. Indeed. I mean, yeah. Indeed. I thought that was familiar. Wow, that's dope. Yeah. Uh, as well, well as. Call an Alex Shelley match. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, uh, my own radio show every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, Hive Mind okay. Radio, Twitch. Dot TV slash Hide My Radio Live and uh, something that doesn't need to be promoted. Eleven thirty-five every night on CBS. Uh, watch the Late Show. Watch the Late Show. <laughs> that doesn't need to. Yeah. Yo. What? You have an Emmy, right? Look, we don't yeah, like to. We don't Emmy. like to flash yeah. awards here. No, no. Flash awards yeah, you need to put it behind you, though. Hey, no, you know, I, 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 I did there. put it behind me. I'm ready for another one. Oh, okay. Yeah, That's a good man. way to do it. That's a good Ooh, way to do it. Well said. Well said. Hunger. The hunger. Uh, don't don't climb the ladder too fast and forget about us. <laughs> <laughs> I'll miss a rung and hit every tooth. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, Joe, what do you got going on there? You have way too many fucking. Oh things. yeah, I I, uh, I have a smorgasbord of things going on. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm making shoes. I mean, I'm doing it all. Yeah, rigging it. Okay. Well, when I'm not, uh, you know, going into the phrase of telling people that murder is bad, I am getting. Knee deep into all things sci-fi, pop culture, and almost so much fun, especially Star Trek and the brand new 
Captain's Quadrant. Yes. Uh, there it is. There it is. We are having fun. Businessman. He's hitting Star Trek and Star Wars almost simultaneously. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where we, we dive into it all, man. And that you can be found on the Spectrum Sanctorum. Uh, we got our friend Brandon Liu on there. AJ, you've been a guest on there. We'll probably have you on. Steve, we're hoping to have you on. And Maddie Ming. Oh, my God. The numbers. When you say something to piss Croc somebody sales off. going up. Croc, Croc sales, sales going, going up. right up. Right up. Guys, kind of a girl. I need my own croc. <laughs> oh, that would be dope. Yeah, yeah. right? The Mings. You call them country crocs. <laughs> oh, my blunt on the side as I walk. Oh, my God. Chronic crocs. Like an actual butter crocs? It's butter, yeah. So they could be yellow. Yeah, yeah, yeah there you go. Worry about trademark copyright. Gimmick infringement here. You got to be Listen, as somebody that's... Uh, Taking liberties with producing a croc in a former life of mine. If they, oh, if you can right. think of it, croc is think of it, they'll copyright it, man. It, it is unbelievable what they do. They jump all over that shit. Mm-hmm. And now that weed's legal, you damn straight, they're going to come up with that. All right. Crocs have a built in lighter. What? Yeah. <laughs> <You do? laughs> That's a hell of a shoe. Yeah. The crocs, I don't know if I, I want told butane you. in my shoe, though. Dude, yeah, but the holes wow. make the make, make it. Yeah, I, I don't I know. know. Yeah. Catch fire faster. Remember, I've had some fire holes in my day. I don't know. Ooh, I'm hoping to have one very soon. Oh, there you go. Nice. Wow. Oh, I hope my hole is still awake when I get out of here. <laughs> yeah, where it goes, Matt. Uh, you actually asked me a question the other day. It sounds like you got some plans in the making. Anything you want to reveal just yet, or? On a mission to be canceled, and I want to start doing a radio show because I feel mm. if I can survive and not get canceled, then I have won and I beat feminism. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The next Kevin Samuels. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. I beat that feminism. man passed away and left a, a whole market available it. for everybody. I can beat it. I also am, <laughs> and I investigate every day. And I'm also in training to be an AEW tag team star. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. I, Call, yeah, Captain I, Croc? I am. Watch out for those bucks. They'll so, get you. Yeah, watch out for them bucks. Ortiz's uh, new uh, tag team partner. <laughs> oh, okay. So, oh, wow. that's uh, I got a lot going. Stay away from that one. <laughs> I turned my head. I went to the phone. <laughs> I, I went to the phone. Oh, my God. I'm still trying to figure out what that's about, but with another time, I guess, for another story. So, so you, so he already, he said it just now that he's interested in doing, uh, you know, he said radio, but podcasters show podcast he, radio. And, uh, he, he, he came to me, uh, and wanted to know if I could help him out with that. So I'm going to be doing whatever I can, uh, for the record, uh, whatever I don't know, these two gentlemen, I'm pretty sure know more about it than I do. So, if there's anybody who wants to get canceled right along with him, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, he's, he's got the most to lose. He, I would yeah. love to get that second <laughs> one I'll talk to you on the silent tip, but you've been on our show. You know what's up, too. I'm very close myself. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I love being on your show. <laughs> there you go. He went full Gordy on you there. So you guys are going to be doing some great stuff. Um uh, I'm going to end the show with a few words, and I'm going to start off with uh, what Matt asked me earlier. So Matt asked me before we went on the air. Uh, I was thanking the guys for being on the show uh, in the first place. And uh, Matt had asked me, yeah, why are you even ending the show? 
<laughs> which which I thought I had answered on previous episodes, but I will say again. So um, initially when I put this podcast together, like I've told you guys in the past, I didn't know how long I'd be doing this for. I was going to school, uh, college at the time, working full time. I obviously have a child. When I started this podcast, I had a two-year-old. Now some bitch is seven years old. Uh, so I just had the kid. I was in school. I needed an outlet, um, and I couldn't. I couldn't do the wrestling thing full time like I wanted to, like I was before I got the kid in the school when I was on the road all the time for several years. That had slowed down uh, immensely, and I finally got my dream job. I, I I'd always wanted to be a manager, and I'd started managing the goat, the greatest of all time, Ray's Whiplash, and and Chris Cage. And we were only a few months into it, and I had to completely stop. It was too much. We were on the road a lot, and I was losing time at home, and my grades were being affected. So I had to make an adult decision, and I had to step away for a little bit. And the podcast became something that I was able to use to stay in the business without being in the business for a little bit, if that could make any sense. I was able to interview people, and we were talking about things on the show. It was, it was fun. And I didn't really know how long I'd be doing this for. Truth be told, I'm going to bring my brother up here uh, who couldn't make it to the show today, but I was saving this for this show. Truth be told, pull the curtain back. I actually had plans to end the show two years ago. At the third year anniversary, we were planning on ending the show. Um, Because for me, uh, it was becoming a little monotone. It was just me on the show a lot of the time. Interviews and roundtables were fun. It was becoming a bit taxing doing it on my own every single week, one after the other after the other. And my wife came up with the idea. She goes, well, you have so much fun when you do the roundtables. And I said, yeah, because it's a conversation. I don't have conversations when I'm on the podcast by myself. And initially when it was just my voice, it was fun because I had so much to say. And I was like, I have all these opinions. But as anybody who's had a podcast for forever, and these guys will tell you, there's only but so many times you can share your own opinion before you get sick of hearing it yourself. So I, I, I started, I don't want to say bored, but I was kind of falling off from the podcast idea back then. That was when I kicked up the idea publicly about getting a co-host because the idea was, well, the conversation is what makes it fun for me, so let's get somebody on here so I can have a conversation all the time. So I actually have to thank my brother for the last two years uh, of being on the show because, in essence, he saved it because he made it fun, again, to do this because it was a conversation. It was back and forth. Uh, and my brother has spent an entire lifetime staying away from public shit. He's not really good with the public speaking, and he gets nervous and all this other stuff. And so when I put it out publicly, I had, had I had not asked him. And there was a bunch of people that inquired and messaged me. Maddie was one of them about being a full-time co-host with the show. And a lot of consideration went into a lot of people. When he reached out to me and said, I think I'd like to try this. And I was like, that was Weird to hear from my brother because I've known him obviously his whole life and I've never heard him. But I think the format of not always being on video, having the microphone and just talking in a room by yourself to another person, it's like being on the phone. And and he's good with that. So he started developing confidence and he was doing it and it became fun. So I got to five years because of my brother. So I wanted to take this time before we end the show to send shout out to him. He's got a new daughter. Uh, Maddie, you know a little something about that. Steve, you know a little something about that. Joe, fingers crossed. Uh, keep knocking that back out, baby, and uh, you'll get there. 
and uh, yeah, genetic jackhammer <laughs> with the palm bone, baby. The palm bone. You go into the other room and say, "Hey, sweetie, it's time to palm go." And then you go right into it. Oh man. Um. Yeah. Uh, three out of four of us have shot at the club with great results, so we're wishing the best for you. But uh, my brother is uh, just had the daughter. It's only a few months old. August she was born, so he has a lot of this plate. He he hated not being able to be on the last episode. Actually, he isn't fond of the idea of me ending this all together. Uh, but uh, he he saved it. I have to thank him. He's he's my no, he's been my number one dude for obviously for years. So I'm very appreciative to him, my wife, for allowing me to do this every fucking week for five fucking years. I would take my equipment on vacation with us. And she would let me spend a few hours in the hotel room knocking this thing out while she was at the pool relaxing. Uh, I was in the hotel room doing a fucking episode. Uh, my job, who allowed me to extend lunch breaks so I could get an episode recorded in so I could be on time. Everybody just was always so supportive. That's why, you know, I always make the joke when people say, nobody believed in me. I could never tell that story because it's never been true. My family and my friends have always believed in me and I'm not here without any of you guys. So the reason I'm honestly ending the show the weekly commitment uh, after five years, and that's Steve. I think you hit this wall before too with Hive Mind. Uh, the weekly commitment to it. Uh, the last year or so, there's been so much going on with me graduating and working a new job full time, and having t- needed the time to plan for that. And my son, like I said, is seven, and uh, is talking a whole lot more, is eating a lot more of my shit, uh, is making a mess of my house a whole lot more, and he needs to be entertained a lot more. So we got to like, you know taking places and shit. I don't know. My time is being gobbled up. So predominantly the reason why I'm ending the show traditionally the way that it is is because of the weekly commitment. Am I done entertaining? Am I done speaking uh, my opinion or whatever? No. So what are the different options? Not options, but there's a couple of different things that I got going on and I'll actually let me see if I have it up. I can share it with you guys if I can find it. But uh or CDs, done, oh, I'm not going to spend the time because we're closing the show, but uh, I'll, I'll share it on my social media coming up. Uh, Orsini's Uncensored Mind is evolving into something else. Starting in January, uh, the all of the social media for Orsini's Uncensored Mind will be transferring over to the OUM network. We're doing something a little different. And I've always talked about being someone who allowed a platform for other people to do things which is why I brought a lot of people on the show and had them share their opinions and get experience on the microphone and always try to give somebody a platform just like the gentlemen who are on this table did for me when when I was just a talent. Um, So I thought about doing that a lot more and expanding on that and giving people not only a platform on something that I'm doing, but helping other people form their own platform. There's a lot of people who are very talented and very good people. They just don't know how to take that next step. So I'm hoping that OUM Network could be something to be a partner with other people and make that happen creatively. And maybe not even just podcasts, but just visually with YouTube services and other streaming sites, just making more of a partnership, making more of a business move, a la a to be seen. Yes, I am looking at you, my friend, who is doing all these different avenues and doing all these different cool things. I like that aspect of having my hand in different things and helping people you know, achieve I put my fingers in all the holes. That's right. I'm mm-hmm. trying to finger as many holes as possible as well. So hopefully <laughs> by January we can have that all up so I can finger some holes myself. Yeah. Uh 
one of the options. Uh, no, op- I keep saying options. I don't know why. The network is going to be an, uh, a thing for uh, that we're going to figure out more specifics down the line. But I just wanted to put that out there. Uh, the next thing that I'm going to do as myself, we have developed a format called Orsini's Uncensored Game Show. We're going to be doing a pro wrestling game show moving forward uh, around January, February. I'm still working out actual because I need time to record it. So instead of the weekly commitment that I do live every week, what I've decided to do is I'm going to start filming different episodes, can them, and then we'll do YouTube uh, premieres weekly. There'll be 20 episodes a season. The game shows will run in the game show will run in different formats in a sense of trivia. For the most part, they'll be filling the blank. There'll be different games that can be played on the show, all wrestling related, including the dreaded final round. Well, you will be given information about a particular wrestling card from a company of your choosing, in which I will give you some of the information and then ask you for some of the missing information. Everything involved with this game show will be points related. And after the game is completed, you get an extra point for winning the actual game, but your score will still be kept. There'll be a leaderboard, uh, actual scoring leaderboard, and then the final see the final episode of the season. The top four scorers will compete in a fatal four way to determine who will be that season's champion. At season two, if we get to that, that champion from season one will be asked to defend said title on the finale of season two, and we keep the tradition going from there for as long as I keep wanting or feeling like doing the fucking thing. <laughs> but as people can tell by now, I'm pretty committed when I have an idea in my head, so I'm pretty sure we'll go for a while. The game show is going to be very different from this fucking thing that I've been doing, but I also think it's going to be a whole lot of fun. This is going to involve multiple types of people. I mean, we're going to have actual wrestlers. We're going to have referees, announcers. We're going to have fans. There's going to be different divisions, so to speak, so we keep track and that Fatal Four will encompass those division champions and then eventually a grand champion. So you yourself, a fan who's listening, if you want to compete, get into the actual wrestler when it comes to knowledge on this business, you will have a chance. <laughs> it's all about getting the right people in and making this fun, entertaining for everyone involved. It's going to be a lot of fun. I already have artwork coming in for it. We've got a whole presentation ready to go. I finally got a, the perfect drop machine. I can finally use my drops and sound Ooh. effects. We've got some visuals that are being made. It's going to be dope. That's why I'm saying January. I'm going to give myself a break for the holiday with the family. In between, I'll be doing some stuff, putting some stuff together. Uh, There's a vlog series we're going to be putting together, some inside stuff. I've never really – I've been in the business going on 12 years now, and I've never really allowed people to see what it is that I do specifically in the industry. And I think that's one of the reasons why I always make the joke that when it comes to the northeast area of the country, I'm the guy that everybody hires, but nobody talks about. Hmm. And and it's – I'm not saying that it's frustrating. I'm just saying that I I think it's partly my fault because – I don't promote myself as much as I think as a lot I should and and other as as well as other people do. So this series is going to be a big step in that direction where I'll be able to actually put some video together with uh, some of the things that I do, some of the things that I put together, some of the people that I work with, how I work with them. Uh, I'll be behind the scenes at wrestling shows moving forward with my camera and putting things together. I won't break any sacred rules with it. I'll keep it, you know, general, but it'll give people an opportunity to see 
you know, on the show, how many times have me and Steven talked about, well, here's different notes that you can make for commentating. Here's different things you should be doing as a commentator. With this vlog series, I'm going to actually do it. And you will actually get a chance to see it. And you will have an opportunity to get a better idea, especially if you're in the industry. If you're new, if, you, if you've, no one has told you anything on how to do this. Maybe this could be a format for you to learn uh, a thing or two and get you stepping in the right direction. Everybody does things differently, but maybe it can get you um, stepping in the right direction. So a lot of things on the table <laughs> as far as what's going to be coming up. Um, and I'm hoping the OUM Network, when it does finally debut, uh, is something that uh, everyone can kind of have fun with. I'll put it like that. It doesn't need to be as super serious and may not be as ranting as I was on the podcast. But this was a nice first step for me to like, you know, because this show, I said it in the first episode, was going to be very fluid, very moving, very, we'll figure it out as we go. And now we're 240 something episodes in and five years in. And I got a better idea of kind of now what it is I want to do and how I want to do it and who I want to be involved with. So this is the end of the Orsini's Uncensored Mind podcast as it's presently known. But I have very high hopes that what's to come is going to be even better. And it's going to be even more fun. And Saul just wrote, uh, who's watching Crown Jewel? Not me. Not me either, because I'm pouring my heart out, asshole. So- <laughs> <laughs> Read the room, dude. Read the room, boo. I love that guy. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I appreciate, see, like Saul and Narissa and so many of the people, Jesse, who are in the comments who rode with this show from the very beginning, man, through the pandemic, out of the pandemic. Uh, my 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 greatest memory with this show is sitting with Steven in that studio for the 100th because I didn't. That's why all the, the bits at the beginning of this were from that show when we used to, we, we were putting those commercials together with the thank yous and all that stuff. I never thought I'd get to 100. And I'm almost at 250 here and five years in. So I have nothing but thanks for all of you guys. And really quickly before I leave, with you guys, I actually kind of wanted to ask you, what are some of your favorite moments on the show? Some moments that you've had, or besides murder being bad, and besides Virginia Pommel being a total, total hot, total hottie. <laughs> uh, what are what are some of your Maddie? How about you? What are some of your favorite or CD uh, Some of the round tables we have, we had a lot of like interesting guests. That one you had the woman on. The woman as a that guest. one woman, yeah. He didn't know. He had several. <laughs> he said no, many women. There was one that didn't know shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Oh, I think I remember who you're talking about. Yeah, oh, but I do remember. Yeah, Joe. Yeah, round tables for sure. Uh, the one we had with Chris Cage, that one time that was pretty cool. This like there's a lot of the round tables. Really good. <laughs> Joe, what are, what are some of your? Or some I, of your- I really had a blast in the the great city of Hasbrook Heights. Woo! Yeah, those were good. Charlie. Those were good. Those were good. Uh, what about your Christmas extravaganza? Yeah, we did the. Uh, yeah, we did that a couple times. Yeah, <laughs> you were up there a couple times for Christmas. You were like the the Christmas guest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was a few I, regulars. I gotta shout out Xander Lit for being my AEW guy for all those AEW roundtables. <laughs> that poor bastard. Mm-hmm. I, I I made that motherfucker defend it to me. Defend it. <laughs> Tell me this shit makes sense to you. That fucker pulled it out of his ass every time. Uh, Saul in the comments. My favorite moments. Oh, let me put it up here. My favorite moment was the AJ wrestling 
class one on one. Yes, when I had the whiteboard. How's it going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve, uh, you you probably had more contact oh, man. With, with this podcast than anybody else. Uh, right. what, are, what are some of your favorite standouts? Oh man, honestly, I, I mean, easy is the round tables. The the one where we did the tournament. I think it was the King of the Ring one where the Hogan match won, and you. Yeah. I don't think you still oh, forgiven me for that. Uh, that one. Um, honestly, you mentioned <laughs> you you mentioned Dave. And just the dynamic that you guys have, like when you guys did yeah, the the good. video game lightning uh, yeah, trivia, that was, fun. I wanted that to was a lot one, yeah. of fun. And I think that game show aspect that you're going to work towards now uh, is super cool. And I don't know, I, I'm just grateful to be able to have been able to be on this show. And I want to take a moment to thank you personally for for those of you who don't know me. This man is one of the men that gave me my start in the business who allowed me to do something and for me to repay that back to him. And after five years, have him able to do this and to be on this final incarnation of this means a hell of a lot to me. Uh, so thank you for that. Uh, this is my favorite moment. I wish this I was- show today is my favorite moment, being able to close this out with somebody who I respect, somebody who I love and with these two gentlemen as well who are okay, I guess. But th- this, this right here is my favorite moment, being able to say goodbye. I wish we were together so we can hug. I'm not hugging you with no Crocs on. Grown man hugging me with Crocs. I've been doing this whole podcast with the air conditioner off, and I am. am, (laughs) I've been doing it with no pants. There you go. I'm at least two. I'm I'm 17 floors up. I'm freezing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to turn the heat on on the opposite over here. Oh, man. Thank you guys so much for being a part of this. Uh, I, I will hold you hostage no longer. Um. I almost don't want to sign off, but it is not goodbye so much as see you later. Anywhere you go, just call on me. I'll be there. It is. It is very much. The quotes are mixed a lot. I like big butts. (laughs) Quote: I like big butts. That I cannot lie. I cannot lie. (laughs) This is definitely not a goodbye. It definitely is to see you later. And I and I thank everybody who supported me throughout the years and definitely supported me tonight. it means a lot that tonight was probably the most viewed live episode that we did um, consistently throughout the entire two hours. So everybody came in to to share their love, and I appreciate all of it. Look right here. This is it right here, man. Great things years. So um, I said it on the first show. I'll end it here with that. Uh, I said it on the first show. If the only person that I entertained throughout the podcast era was one person, my mom, happy. And I'm extra happy that it was Virginia that I entertained during the whole, the whole time. Yeah. And if this whole Steph thing doesn't work out, you know, I want to let you know. After 19 years of marriage, I'm, <laughs> if this doesn't work out, I'm, I'm going to Virginia next. And just know that I rule with an iron fist in my house. <laughs> Better clean your room. She don't live with me, so. Uh... As you should. Yes, you're gonna you're gonna learn the electric slide on that ride, baby. <laughs> Alex, I'm gonna make a great little brother to you. You'll be straight. Um, so I'll I'll end it with with the the only catchphrase that I've ever had for this show. So thank you for listening, thank you for downloading, thank you for sharing. And I usually end it with thank you for enjoying, but I'll end it with thank you for five years of just allowing me to do this and getting it off my chest. So. Everyone's still in the comments doing it. On the next episode of Dragon Ball Z. There you go. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs)
There it is. That's the ending that I want. Okay. There you go. There you go. All right. Thank you guys, and good night.